For this episode of the Bodega Board Crew Podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package, the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code BBC20 at manscaped.com. I'm a hairy guy. I've had to deal with trimming my hair all over my body practically my whole life. And a lot of the products I've used just are horrible. Cost a lot of money, don't work, nick, scrape, aren't water resistant. It's been a real bummer until I found Manscaped. And what they've done is put together a package called the Performance Package 4.0, and it's one of the biggest game changers. Inside this package, you'll find a lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, weed whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, crop preserver deodorant, crop reviver toner, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag to hold your goodies. Their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 is waterproof and also has a 400K LED spotlight. Now, a lot of people might think you might not need a light. I think it's good. In general, their products are amazing, and we're giving you an exclusive offer to get 20% off and free shipping worldwide. So head over to their website, manscaped.com, and use code BBC20 to get the goods at a special price. Welcome back, everybody, to the Bodega Border Crew Podcast, Volume 79. Thank you for uh, tuning in, listening, downloading, however you're listening to this. I'm glad that you're here. Hopefully you're having a good time listening to what we're putting together. Uh, but let's do a little housekeeping. This is the Bodega Border Crew podcast. Make sure to check us out on Instagram at Bodega Border Crew. Make sure to check out our website, bodegabordercrew.com. It's the best way to support us. We have a blog up there. We have a lot of merch. You could buy some stuff. It puts... Uh, food on the table pays for uh, i guess state park passes that kind of thing wax all that kind of stuff also make sure to check out the full description on your itunes player or player of choice for track listings and things that we're talking about um so yeah so i hope everybody's good out there uh summer's close by memorial day weekend's close by i know it's been a really crazy time recently and um especially as a parent with everything that's going on and um it's kind of put a little damper on stuff, but hopefully this jam-packed episode could take you away from that. But the one thing I will say is that we do have some midterm elections coming up. And no matter which way you feel about uh, things, I think it's a good thing to get involved with your local politics. Uh, do the research. Don't just vote based on the random signs that people put out, because most of the times the signs that people put out are being supported by big companies. They're not actually there for your best interest. So do a little research on your local politicians. Uh, find out what they stand for, what they do, what they can do for you. It doesn't matter what party they're with. You know, I vote across party. It really is not a way that I determine what I want to happen. Uh, so just do that and hopefully things that happened in Texas and other places um, can stop from happening and hopefully we could get back to some normalcy. But anyway, i um, glad that you're joining us. This is a huge long episode. There's lots of stuff going here, lots of stuff to unpack. So the first thing we have is an interview with one of my favorite servers in the world, Alec Rockrise. I met Alec through Mike Siordia years ago and um, 
love his surfing, love what he's about. So we sit down with him in his home in uh, San Juan Capistrano and uh, talk about surfing, Texas, where he's from, contests, the whole thing. The next interview we have, which is really amazing, is with uh, Tyler Wilde and Peter Williams, who are the people behind the new film Gender Outlaw, which is a body surfing story about Tyler Wilde and uh, his transition and what that entails in the body surfing world. Uh, we'll also have a couple of short takes. In this episode, we have short takes with JJ Wessels, did a little piece for Inertia, Ghetto Zoom, captured a great video of Max Beard, and the latest episode from our boys, the current Bradford, uh, surfing in Malibu. But as you can tell from the tunes that are playing, this is going to be a Zarface-centered episode. Zarface is one of my favorite hip-hop groups that I've been turned on to in the last, you know, five years or so. And obviously, when I heard about them, I think the first track I heard was one of the collab tracks they did with Ghostface. And when I found out that Inspector Deck from Wu-Tang had a project that he was doing with someone else, I had to get all over it. And so this whole episode is all their music, all their tracks, all the stuff that Esso does, all the stuff that DJ7L does, uh, Inspector Deck, the collabs, everything. So I'm gonna start with a bunch of their tracks and then we'll pop into the interview with Alec in a little bit. Peace. Yeah, I recognize Zarface. Come on. He just hear him out. He don't hear him out. He just hear him out. He don't hear him out. He just hear him out. He don't hear him out. He just hear him out. He don't hear him out. He just hear him out. Fuck it up, it's like it really there's a doubt. The beat will beat him down, it's leaking in your town. It's hotter than that summertime heat that's in the south. Hands up in the air, my fam up in the square. I'm dirty at the Grammys, crash your glamorous affair. Spazzing on the air, smashing with the flare. With the bad South American that's dancing in the chair. Get your weight up, my face up, heavy like Dwight. Heads fight for what I said on the mic. Put your bread on the mic, ask around, clown rebel is nice. Fuck your money, I said it for spite. Son, I'm ready to strike, tear it down, I'ma tear it down. Them haters had a lot to say, I don't hear them now I don't hear a sound, I just hear the crowd I'm surgically performing like the doctor in the house He just hear them out, he don't hear them out He just hear them out, he don't hear them out He just hear them out, he don't hear them out He just hear them out Put me on some anti-homicidal meds So I ain't got a lot of feds Whip axes by their heads, I'm Peter Parker by the lens This is ultraviolence, I tie him to the spider webs Right forever, trying to keep it together like White with trans heavyweight, that's what the title says Leave your limbs like a pass You can suck my dick, be my nuts, psycho less I'll put your beats like a psycho less Every visual I spit's trend when he's back Yeah, higher ends, out for the cream We all about the dream From shouting to the bean, y'all be bowing to the team And now we on the scene, they wonder how it's a regime Well check the how it's a gunpowder like Marines I'll smack your face, bruise your ribs, crack a lace, brutal kid Stay ahead of snakes like Medusa did Lose your weight, act like you sitting down to dinner I'll remove your lid, prove a big air him out, we don't care who it is. He just hear him out. He don't hear him out. He just hear him out. He don't hear him out. He just hear him out. He don't hear him out. He just hear him out. He don't hear him out.
sativa Amazing display of art Unique as Mona Lisa Non-believers, they bitchin' like R&B divas I'm headache, chest pain, hard to breathe fever He's a resident patient F all the expectation Echo the sentiment if you reppin' the rebel nation Let go the arsenal The art's impossible Speak the gospel, we harder than army obstacles Watch your dude monster mash for a water cash Ironic, how niggas garbage be talking trash Hashtag more than rap Might fuck around and lose your cataracts If you saw them rap Deep in the pits, I speak swift Fleet in the fifth Only time I go soft after pleasing your bitch We the shit, official with the stripes and all And for the drought, we keep a high supply to roar Yeah, let's make it understood Soft face and hero, but he's up to no good No good, nod your head to this shit I'll make it effortless quick When we come to rap shit, we the specialist shit to know that. Zaw. I just want to know where did that name come from? Zaw. Zaw. What the shoe fits with? Uh, yeah, yeah. Seven load to be. The knife's on my feet and dead stock until they go through your teeth to my soldiers in the street who are really cats in the lab. Rappers on their iPad. Trent humping every fan. Give me something I can grab. Something with some substance. Your tracks be shining flat. Our tracks Kate Uptons. Listen, they took a quick poll. Talking about how they living in that studio. They talking about their one room apartment to a homeless man is beautiful. I guess they need some room to grow, but if they get a budget, it's they talking how that booty go. Sell out, sell out, motherfucker, get the hell out. It's time to break that ass from Jerry Dick and Seminel out. Keep falling, cause I'm seeing ain't you calling. Leave that shit to us, we rush the stages like Stalin. Yeah, let's make it understood. Soft face and hero, but he's up to no good. No good. Storm, the witch's brew. If you wish to stay alive, you will make me the power of the universe. <laughs> Competitive drive, Richard, I'm petty inside. Parties, I set them aside. I got too many to hide. Hating rappers going toast. They spoke of the fear and the smoke. That was no terror attack. That was be clear on my throat. It's a moment of zen. I was just grabbing a pen. I never intended to mask a man. But alas, it happened again. These rappers get their ass for rent. I'm Ricky Steamboat in the ring. The way I'm dragging men. I'll put your people in a sling, no doubt. Count. It's all in hand. I feel good about his title belt. Wildin' out. Fuck around and let the whole asylum out. I love lines like I'm trying to land a story and call me a Mandalorian man in your man's DeLorean. Jumped off the last tour, looking like Fat Door. Look, we bad, smelling like France, no pastor. Our circles don't mix whatsoever. No Venn diagram could ever bring us or link us together. No. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's in the eyes, Chico. Yo, this is my world. Watch me push it to the limit like I'm Scarface. Choking that cush, sipping that liquor, love that fast life. You see me in and out of town. How I move without no sound. How I move without no crowd. Feel that contact. I blow your mind. Yo, what's that call? Yo, that's that cloud nine. Yo, where I'm from, my town lot. 
Make a hater get upset. He don't pause, he don't rest. He ain't poor, but he need more checks. Got a little older, still a threat, still a soldier. Playing a trench, you playing a bench. Always talk about making dollars, boy, you really ain't making no sense. Turbo charge, I'm going, y'all go hard, singing my song. Level of dawn, spitting that bomb, feel I'm wrong. Come on, I'm a capital G, doing it since when I had CDs in the back of the V. Plus, like Kobe, you know me, give me an inch, watch me on D. Now ask around, brother like me, they haven't found. Hate so much as I have it now. Get it straight up, no backing down, no backing down. Wow, wow. Children to get the safer ground. The king's done like the Jamaican town. Futuristic flow. Dark start with a laser sound. Leaving nothing but a vapor trail. And my base heavyweight, no shake. I'ma break the scale. Vector, we have followed your instructions to the letter. Let me just cut to the chase. You are a bucket of waste. I've been put up to the pace. Barry Allen when I race. You can scuff the J's up, but you do not fuck with the face. You can get dumped in a lake besides double D's. I don't really fuck with nothing that's fake. I show up drunk in your way. Looking for something to break. Bumping the ghetto boys tape. Mind up alone and take nuclear. I ain't new to wish you to get click. I'm a mutant plus a student of this shit. Oh, it's that next song face shit, right? Fear me coming like Indominus Sue. Bottom line, I'm a problem for dudes. It's not an option to lose. I'm I'm shining, I'm blinding, it's like I'm rocking jewels. So I too keep it funky like a locker room. The flow universal, I'm Dr. Who. So seek I goes deeper than Papa Woo. Hundred down, going wild at the bottom room. Wu-Tang forever, you just stopping through. Okay, let's go. Oh, okay, let's go. go. Y'all don't want any of this. Go without any assist. Sound boogie down like the brothers. Kenny and Chris. Get a better serve. Your dream has been deferred. That ain't God's path. You a path that occurred. Rappers want to kill me, but that shit hasn't yet occurred. My rhymes are lazy border collie. Shit you never heard. Shit you might not even get. No, you can't even see a set. Never spot me on the bench, but I got a lethal rap. Yo, tech. Can't see us, man. Tell him. Fucking with the three, you ain't moving wise. Call it Lambo doors, that's suicide. I put cats to sleep, leave them euthanized. Skull Mountain King, no amusement ride. Foolish pride, the reason for you to scrutinize. You can hide, but I still see through the skies. On a hookah high, iron that's the super fly. Bring fire to your camp like Kumbaya. <laughs> Kumbaya. Yeah, yeah. Bizarre face mission, make seven figures like a super suck lord, limited edition, listen, my brain stop fire, you try and test and I pass with flying colors like a gangbang drive-by, I maintain my fly side, cultivate my grimy one, you can call for help but you'll be dead by 9-1. How we body and rebel, like a broken elevator, wrong on so many levels. up everybody thank you for being here on the bodega border crew podcast volume 79 hope you've been digging the tracks i know it's been really interesting to pick my favorite Zarface tracks and these aren't necessarily my all-time favorites these are ones that i tried to pick that show a big range of their music one of the last shows i actually got to see before the pandemic was uh them play live at some club I think in downtown LA, it was me and Worm and a bunch of other people and stuff. 
so much fun they are so so amazing live inspector deck did a bunch of wu-tang songs as well which was really cool i definitely suggest you check out their music also the other thing i love about czarface is besides the fact that everything that they're referencing is things that i'm into comic books and star wars and marvel and geek culture you know that's what i grew up you know that was my escape as a kid in uh when i was growing up in, in inner city uh new york it's really cool to have rappers around my age talk about these things and intertwine them and come up with these really crazy references and i even mentioned to my wife the other day that on their last album they had a line about chrissy teigen and john legend which i thought was like so funny the way they put it so has some of the most amazing uh style uh so definitely pay attention to the songs if you want to support them my suggestion is buy their music don't just do the thing where it's like i'm gonna go on spotify like buy their music and go over to their store. They have amazing merch, amazing t-shirts, action figures, vinyl, comic books, like everything. They've created this whole world around this character and I think it's something you should check out. But let's do a little housekeeping. This is the Bodega Border Crew podcast. Make sure to check us out on Instagram at Bodega Border Crew. Make sure to check out our website, bodegabordercrew.com. You could buy some t-shirts, you could support us. It's kind of fun that way. Also, make sure to check out this episode description on your iTunes player or player of choice for track listings and links to things that we're talking about. So our first interview this episode is with none other than Mr. Alec Rockrise. Alec is an amazing surfer, really cool dude. He actually teaches uh, surfing and he'll discuss that to a lot of kids, some of my friends' kids, which is really cool. I'm actually going to have him teach my daughter because there's no way in hell that I'm going to do it myself. I don't have the patience to be a teacher, especially to my own kid. Uh, but uh, check out the interview and listen to what he has to say, and we'll check in with you in a little bit. What's your name and where are you originally from? Uh, Alec Rockerize from Houston, Texas. Okay, so um, how did a boy from Houston, Texas get into surfing? Oh. Like, where, where did little Alec come from? Little Alec <laughs> came from a man and a woman that loved each other very much. Um, yeah, I don't really know. I think that... Well, I remember thinking surfing was real cool. I don't know why. It was just seemed like something nobody really, like none of my friends did anything like that. And uh, we took a, a classic family trip to Waikiki. And oh, okay. Took my first lesson there. Even got my mom in the water. She never gets her oh, hair wet. Oh, that's awesome. So that was cool. Um, first and only time she's ever surfed. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I mean, once you get that first wave, right? It, How old were you? I'm pretty sure I was 11. Could okay. have been 12. Pretty okay. sure 11, though. Okay. And me and my twin brother, we took lessons, or a lesson, and then we were just those those beginner kooks out there for the rest of the week. We rented soft tops from, you know, the shops on the beach or whatever. and Were right it like out. Galveston? Uh, well, so the soft tops we'd rent, rent it at Waikiki. Oh, okay. Know, so we went out there and spent a week trying not to get run over, <laughs> and then uh, came right back to Texas, and, you know, I got a 6 Six six rusty shortboard uh-huh. right off the bat. I was like, I want to keep surfing, so yeah. we got a shortboard, my brother and I, and we started surfing in Galveston, then found out about Freeport or Surfside, Texas. Uh huh. Um, so then we ended up going there. Just cause... where is that in relation to Galveston? So Galveston is about forty minutes, thirty to forty minutes north of Freeport. Uh huh. Um, and so from Houston, it's about an hour or so to Freeport or Surfside, and then maybe forty-five minutes to Galveston. Okay. Um, so then we just started surfing Surfside all the time, and by all the time I mean maybe twice a month if we had waves and I mean, that's, on a weekend. Yeah, for Texas, I mean that's more than you're gonna get. Yeah, surfing. I mean if you're surfing Texas, you're 
as a kid, maybe it was a little easier because you don't have responsibilities other than school. Mm -hmm. And if your parents can take you to the beach, that's great. Yeah. But I mean, if you're living there now as an adult, you kind of need to have a job that lets you just take the day off you need to take off because yeah. it's not, I mean, it's flat as a pancake until there's a ton of wind and then you get some wind chop and you go surf. Yeah. yeah. Now were there like when you were, so this is your like 12 years old, something like, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Seventh grade-ish is kind of when I feel like I really started going as much as I could. Um, were there were there a lot of surfers there or? Uh, probably more than people would have thought. Now there's a ton. Back then, still a good amount. Okay. And you know, like any little surf cul-de-sac has its, its, its local guys, its hierarchy, yeah. the guys that had been around for a while. And that was kind of pre-Facebook and all that. So we used to have like online forums where everybody would have their own oh, that's profile. Cool. And you like, uh, what was that one called that was like, Salty something or other. I can't remember the name of it, but it was, it was called L Ride, and we'd get on there and everyone would hype up the surf. You know, like, oh, <laughs> the winds are coming from the south 20 knots for two days. We're surfing this weekend, that kind of thing. Okay. Um, so you get to know everybody kind of through that forum. And I would say there's a lot of people, there's a lot of people that try it in Texas too that don't know anything about surfing, right? It's because there's a lot of like skimboarding too, right? Like that. There's skimboarding. I mean, there's just a lot of beach activity in Texas. Yeah. I mean, whether it's surfing, skimboarding, fishing, everybody on their weekend, they go to the beach. Yeah. And they're ugly beaches to me. Yeah, because I've been, like, my ex wife is from Houston, so I've been to Galveston yeah. a gazillion times. So oh. I remember, like, skimboarding there, like, a long time ago, yeah. and, like, everybody's fishing, and everyone has their, like, campers down there. Yeah. Like, that yeah. was the thing that was, like, kind of like, they have their campers, and then they like that would be stationary there, and then they yeah. like drive to them and stuff. They drive to them, and you know you could. There's a lot of spots there where you can drive on the beach, park on the beach, mm -hmm. and it's just a thing to do in Texas. It gets hot as shit, right? Uh, so yeah, like yeah. you go to the beach, you get in the water, whether you're boogie boarding, surfing, skimboarding, fishing, whatever it is. Um, so there's there's a big beach culture, not just like a surf culture, mm -hmm. but uh, as far as the surfing goes, it's been around down there since surfing started in California. You know, See, that's what I think a lot of people don't know. I remember when I was interviewing like Evan Adamson, like that was the thing he was opening my eyes to. Because yeah. when I went there, like I never saw anybody. Now I had only been there maybe a handful of times, but I remember being like, oh, there's like a break here. Like this is like kind of yeah. surfing. I mean, we, you know, Galveston's got 20, 25 small jetties, these small yeah, yeah. coins that come out. You know, everybody has their preferred jetty or the sand's a little better at mm -hmm. this jetty or that jetty, but more or less everybody you know, you can just drive and find a spot and surf where you want to surf. Now where Evan's at, he's farther south. So he was in, I think, Port Aransas, Corpus Christi area. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's got as much, if not more, surf history than what yeah. we'd call the northern upper coast of the Gulf, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, where I was at in Galveston. And the surfing down there, I'd say the waves are better yeah. more often. Um, so they're might Like more consistent. Know, more consistent and I don't know, it's just a different town and vibe down there as well. I mean, you still go down there today and it's very, uh, still kind of the wild west. I yeah. mean, you're just kind of pulling up and you're drinking beers on the beach and you're going surfing and you're, you're just kind of having a good time. People take it pretty serious, but also at the same time, everyone's there to have fun. And I mean, that's why everybody's going to the beach in the first place. Well, that's why everyone's going to the beach, yeah. But if you're, if you're there to surf, it's... Uh, Corpus Christi, like that was the trip I always look forward to. We'd, that's, we'd go down there for contests, things like that. And you okay. know, like you're getting surf, you're getting so, waves down there. So when you were doing contests, were you shortboarding or were you longboarding? Kind of, you do it all. I mean, okay. I don't know how Groms out here did it, whether they picked one or the other, but yeah. when you go to contests, you were trying, in Texas, you were trying to surf as much as you could at the good break, because that's where they'd, they'd have it at yeah. the pier, or they'd have it at a certain jetty, and that's like where the best sandbar was. And 
you know, you wanted to surf as much as you could. So you'd surf your shortboard division, maybe even if you thought you were good enough, you'd surf up in age division. Oh, really? Yep, and then you'd do longboard. So a lot of the guys that, you know, longboarded really well when I was growing up were actually the rippers on the shortboards. And they so who, do both divisions. Who are some of those people that you remember? So in my area, you had the Hopkins brothers, Kyle and Chris. Their dad, Brett, was like old school Texas surfer. Oh, cool. Yeah, and those, those kids and their father, they just ripped. Um, there's a, a logger in my area, not a logger, high performance longboarder, because that's what kind of we did in <laughs> Texas at the time, Troy Noska, and he would win all the events. Uh, Doing like roller coasters and stuff? Yeah, <laughs> big off the list, big roundhouses. Like, I even saw him do airs a couple of times. Like, that's kind of the style. It's funny, longboarding was, I mean, that would have been early 2000s, so it was kind of coming out of that high performance era, yeah, almost that's, transitioning. But yeah. Texas and, you know, in the East Coast as well, we're almost a yeah. little bit behind the surfing. Yeah fads of California, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. So we were still, I mean, I was riding two plus ones until I was out of high school. Okay. Pretty much. And, uh, but yeah, those guys, there's a guy named Corey Williams. He was from the Corpus Christi, Puerto Aransas area. And he was the only guy riding single fin logs and ripping. I mean, first time I ever saw a hang heels in person was Corey Williams. Really? I don't know what he's doing now. But, okay. Uh, he was one of the guys, Morgan Faulkner. He's a big, big name in Texas surfing. He, okay run surf camps down there now, but he used to be one of the guys that would come out here, then go to Hawaii, and then come back to Texas, and kind of our first pro surfer, at least of my, like, kind of generation, yeah. one of the guys I looked up to. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't know if many people know this, Ken Bradshaw, if anybody remembers that name. He, I think he won, like, you know, biggest wave of the year back in, like, the 90s or something like that. Okay. Ken Bradshaw, and he's from Galveston originally. Really? And then after high school, moved to either California or Hawaii, I think Hawaii. And so he became like a big wave surfer, which I always thought was rad. Kind of psycho, but yeah. Yeah, kind of psycho, but you Not my surprised. cup of tea, but Those I like that. People out of Texas, it's almost like you got to prove that you can handle the waves that every other surfer from like those places, Hawaii, Australia, California can handle. And he was kind of one of those first guys to go out there and put his mark on it. Yeah. Um, yeah, those are those are the kind of longboard guys that I looked up to. I'm trying to think. Yeah, it's the Hopkins brothers, Morgan Faulkner, Corey Williams. That's kind of about it. But but, the, but like you were saying, like it was mostly like most of the people you were seeing longboarding were were on that. I mean, it was the time too. Is they yeah, were on that high. They're on the tip. high performance short or longboards, but you know, and they were the guys still the same guys winning the shortboard divisions. Yeah, so As they, well. I mean, I think a lot of those people that do high, like at that era, who, I mean, surfing a high pro longboard is like surfing a shortboard, right? It's like pretty yeah. much a thruster yeah. setup. Exactly. You have edge on the tail. You're like doing the same, similar maneuvers. It's just like a bigger board. You're yeah. not, you know. Well, and to be honest, the waves that we get in Texas, they're short. Sometimes they're steep. A lot of times they're mushy, but they're just short. So you don't really have time to like set your rail, mm -hmm. take, you know, two to four steps up to the nose and then walk back. It's a quick hop up to the nose and then it goes flat. So you needed boards with lots of rocker. Yeah. And you need to get up there quick and you wouldn't stay up there for a very long time on the nose before you had to walk back. And I mean, it's contest surfing. Yeah. You know, you gotta, and you also gotta do all the turns and stuff. So I remember the first contest I ever won against kind of those guys. And I wrote it, I won it riding a Takayama in the pink. <laughs> and all I remember doing was trying to hang five and hang 10 and I ended up winning. And <laughs> One of the guys, I won't say his name, but he was pissed. I remember him like saying, like, that's bullshit. All I was doing was fucking nose riding. Like, didn't do a single turn, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, whatever. But 
it, it's kind of changed now. There's a big single fin kind of following going on down there. There's mm -hmm. a couple guys that come out here in the summertime that mm -hmm. have kind of done the Sano thing, the San Diego thing, and they kind of took it back with them to Texas. And now most competent longboarders there are now riding boards that are made out here in California or from Australia and things like that, the single fins. Like stuff we're riding out here. Yeah, exactly. Rob Sawyer is one of the guys, uh, single fin society, I think on Instagram, something like that. Oh, that's him. Yeah, yeah. You know Rob? Have you well, I know him? the Instagram account. Yeah, so he's he kind of he's been coming out with his family for a long time and he used to have a house out here and you know, he's a big fan of the big gliders and the thick nose riders yeah. and he kind of brought that back and after college, I'd you know come back to visit for holidays, yeah. and you just you notice these things yeah. that it's completely changed, uh, which is pretty cool. Now, cool. when you were there, um, were there a lot of local board manufacturers, or were you guys yeah. getting boards for, so there well, were? Well, you know, you could you had your big boards like I saw a lot of Rusties. Um, I had an Almeric while I was living there, but as far as long boards go, like I had. That in the pink, that was like a surf tech back yeah. in the surf tech era. And I actually, my dad had another Takayama surf tech. Um, and then some of the local shapers that really made high quality boards, Fry Surfboards uh -huh. is probably like the biggest name and old school, old school Texas surfer. So he made everything from your classic logs to your high performance logs to your short boards. He was just like one of those traditional shapers that could like make anything. Make anything. And yeah. he was, I mean, he was like cream of the crop. If you're getting a local, at least in my area, that upper Gulf Coast area, if you were getting a local board from a local shaper, mm -hmm. you're hoping it was a fry. Yeah. Uh, he was he was doing it. And then there were some other shapers. We had SPD shapes. I can't remember what that stands for. A lot of guys rode those, mostly high-performance shortboards, uh -huh. hybrid fishes, that kind of thing. Uh -huh. um, and you had a bunch of other boards in, like further south, like Corpus Christi, South yeah. Potter Island area. I can't remember any of those names off the top of my head, but... You had your you had your local, so you kind of had a mix. Structure. Like you could you could like you get some California boards in there, and you could yeah get, yeah exactly. I mean, you had all the big name brands at our surf shops and stuff like that. But like the Bings, the Takayamas. Uh, I never saw Bings down there, okay. but a lot of Takayamas mostly in surf tech. Uh -huh. um, you had, I remember going into the surf shops around my house. You had like Greg Weber boards, Almerics, Rusties. Um, most most of the big name shapes i think okay. but a lot of the ripper guys a lot of the local guys that you saw the kids up and coming mm -hmm. um they were riding a lot of the local shapers boards which makes sense yeah now when did you have like a moment so you're you're surfing all these different kinds of boards mostly because it's like the conditions dictate it right like they're fast quicker waves you don't have a lot of time when did you have the moment that you were like oh i really love surfing single fin long boards well, so I would say I was probably 17 or 18, late uh -huh. 17, early 18, um, and I started riding that in the pink Takayama, mm -hmm. and that was like my dad's board, um, and I would hop on that just because the waves, you know, they're so shit. Yeah. I wanted a board with volume and wide. You, know, you could wide surf nose. that board kind of anywhere. Anywhere, anywhere. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's the best. No, no. That I'm better now, but at the time it was, and that actually had like a two plus one option, but I just rode a single fin. And because I, you know, I did so well in that one contest that I had one on it, I was like, well, there's something to the nose riding. Like, yeah. you know, besides it being like, obviously feeling great when you're doing it. And that was always the thing when I started longboarding, because I started shortboarding first yeah. and realized that kind of sucks in Texas if you're not 
good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I hopped on the longboard and the nose ride was always the goal. I mean, learning a cross step, getting up to the nose is like, if you can't do that, you shouldn't be on a longboard. I didn't want to shuffle, didn't want to do that. But it wasn't until I actually left for college that my dad gave me, he had this old Rick surfboard, a Drew Harrison model oh, shaped by Matt Calvani that we picked up out here one trip. And uh, he gave me that before I left to college. And that was my board for the first two years of college when I was in North Carolina that I rode. And that was like, that's all I rode was this. Wait, where did you go to board. college? Uh, UNC at Wilmington. Okay, so that you went to, so you were able to surf uh, Wrightsville Beach. I was gonna say, yeah, which is a great, which is a great oh, East I Coast spot. Loved, I mean, going from Texas <laughs> to North Carolina was definitely an upgrade as far as the waves yeah. go. You know, it's still not as consistent or as good as California. Yeah, but it's way better. It was, it was awesome. I mean, it changed my whole surfing trajectory for sure. I could have come out to school here if I wanted to get into that kind of debt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for the college tuition, but. I think about it all the time. I miss that place. I think that was where I was supposed to go. And same, similar story there with the board choices. When I was out there riding single fin longboards, there was maybe four other guys in my immediate area that surfed them well and surfed them correctly. Uh -huh. And those guys, and they were actually younger than me, which is pretty cool to see. And, uh, you know, all those guys kind of just inspired me to just stick to that type of longboarding. And I learned real quick. I mean, I tried to tried out for our surf team at the college for the first year, riding like a high performance board, didn't make the cut. Uh -huh. Saw the guy that had been on the team already for a couple years, Drake Curry, just absolutely killing it on some some being. I can't even remember what board it uh -huh. was. And uh, I was just like, wow, that looks amazing. Yeah. And it was just more fun. I mean, when you have waves that are that mushy and that small, you don't want this rocker out thin long no, board. No. It's just, I'd rather shortboard. If the waves got big enough to shortboard, I'm gonna shortboard. Yeah. And if the waves are small and glassy, I'm gonna try to get on the nose and stay there as long as I could. Because um, Wrightsville Beach is—it's like—it's just like the OBX. There's all those sandbars and stuff. Uh, like it's that. like the Outer Banks, not as good. Yeah. But I mean, you have those days when the winds are right and there's the right swell where you don't even want a longboard. You just—you're trying to get barreled, that yeah. kind of thing. But for the most part, the waves were choppy. Yeah. And short period wind swell, that kind of thing. And you know, if you want to surf a lot in that area of North Carolina. Kind of have to ride a longboard. Yeah, I, because I know a lot of people down there, so it's like that's why I'm asking that. Like, I know it's kind of like they have the same mentality. They're like, look, 90% of the time. Who's the guy that you know in the Outer Banks again? What's Asher Hunt. Asher Hunt. Yeah. 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 Rips, rips, and he's very like private now. He doesn't like showcase much stuff on on Instagram because he's mostly like fishing now, but he does surf because I talk to him all the time, and he's he's like, yeah, he's like, you know. I think for him it was like more of a, he got, I think he got a little burnt out on like the industry side of it where he's uh, like, it's like, I just want to do it for fun. And his dad runs, um, uh, I think it's called Gale Force Glassing. It's basically the big glassing shop in the Outer Banks. Like yeah, they, yeah, they yeah. have their own brand and then they glass everybody else's everybody, yeah, boards yeah, yeah. and stuff. So he's like, and he works at the factory where he's kind of like, okay, like I just don't want to deal with it. But yeah, he's the one who's like always like, he's like, look, 90% of the time we're on longboards, but he's like, we get those days. That, like yes, I want they do. Yeah, he's oh like God. I mean it's funny cuz Tosh has gotten like addicted to going out there like in the yeah. winter stuff. Like a lot of people I was talking to Joel about it on this recent trip where he was like Joel was telling me like they were borderline going to buy a piece of property there. Yeah, I mean I, I was like I was like holy shit. I was like you're going to make that jump. I was like dude, it's fucking like kind of crazy out there. It's crazy, but it's affordable and it's beautiful. Oh, and yeah, people yeah. are so unique and interesting and 
I mean, North Carolina is one of the greatest places. The East Coast in general is one of the greatest places in America. Oh, look, I love it. I love it there. I got married in the, the Outer Banks. Oh. We used to, yeah, yeah. We used to go every summer. We used to rent a house cool. in Kitty Hawk. Like, I've surfed there a gazillion times. Like, yeah. it's one of... I, if we didn't move out to California, that's where we were going to move to. Okay. That was like... Not the, a bad second. No, right no. There. It was kind of like we were like... My wife and I were kind of like, okay, after we got married, we were like, well, what do we want to do? We don't want to live in New York anymore. What do we want to do? And we were like, oh, let's look at, at the Outer Banks. And then, like, work opportunity came. But anyway, that's like a sidetrack thing. Um, so you were there for two years. When did you... I was there you... for four, uh, five years. You were there for five? Yeah, it took me an extra year to graduate. Okay. <laughs> uh, and what degree did you get? I got a degree in communications and psychology. Oh, okay. That's pretty awesome. I'm not putting it to use right now, but that's all right. No, no, but it's a good thing. My wife's got, uh, she's a communications person. Um, so when did you come out here? So that's a tricky question. I, so there's a surf camp here called Endless Summer Surf Camp. And when I was my first year into surfing, I was looking up surf camps. You know, uh -huh. they, had, they were kind of worth thing, but you couldn't find them everywhere. And the internet was still the early phases of the internet. There weren't a million results or whatever when you yeah. type into Google. And I found Endless Summer Surf Camp and the local guy, Morgan Faulkner, who was like the ripper in Texas, he went there. And he I think he made the U.S. team through like the Huntington U.S. Championships, oh, wow. the SEMA Championships back in the day. And so I was like, well, I'm going to go where he went. Yeah. So obviously, it worked for him. Yeah. So I went out there, spent a week one summer there. The next year I went for like three weeks. And the year after that, went for like a full month. And it's just a week long of sleeping in a tent with 30 other kids, you know, in the same campsite. Yeah, you yeah. just go down and surf uh, trails right here. And, uh, you know, the waves are shitty, but coming from Texas, you're like, it's glassy every day. You're like, wow, it's amazing. It's epic. Well, yeah. So I did that every summer. I started working there at like 15. So I'd spend my whole summers there. Oh, okay. And then so after, and I continued that job through college during my summers. And then right after college, you know, it was either stay where I was in North Carolina, move back to Texas or come to California. Cause I knew the area, San Clemente. Mm -hmm. I just came to California. And that's where, didn't Ryan from Lograp work at that surf camp? Well, yeah, Ryan from Lograp was, uh, he was a camper there during my first year as an instructor. And then he came back, I think the summer after to work as what we called a junior counselor, so, which is what I did before his time. And that's clean the dishes, sweep up the camp, yeah, yeah. you know, do that whole thing, but you get the whole day to surf. And so that's where I met Ryan. And, uh, yeah, that was a long time ago. <laughs> that's awesome. No, cause that's how I found out about you was through him. And I remember him saying something about like, oh, we were at the same surf camp or something. Yeah, I was like, same I was like, cool. endless summer surf camp. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Friendships for life. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Did you guys like sit around a big fire and like sing songs and shit? Yeah, like right. Yeah, <laughs> no, Ryan was cool though. He was um, one of those kids that came from the East Coast, just as stoked on surfing as I was. Like, you know, a lot of the kids at the camp never surfed before, that yeah, kind yeah. of thing. So he was like one of the kids that knew everything about pro surfing and was a nerd about it like I was and really appreciated longboarding and... Yeah, there are not many people like that kind of from where I was in North Carolina or yeah. Texas. So, yeah, we, we hit it off pretty good, pretty quick. So you were at that surf camp, you come here, and then you made the permanent move after a while. Yep, right after college. I think it was the summer after I graduated in, like, 2015. Okay, so 2015 yeah, you came so it's back. it's, like, seven years now. Okay, yeah. all right. Um, and then you basically was surfing, like, the, all the local spots, like... Yeah, I just, I hit up Sano. I mean, yeah. I used to not like Sano when I was going to the camp, and then yeah. I moved out here, I quickly realized, well, I don't want a longboard consistently, that's where I go, and yeah. um, just kind of bummed it for a while out here. Like, saved up money so that I didn't have to work the first maybe four or five months I was out here. Okay. And just kind of put the time in just being at Sano, because what else are you going to do? Yeah. 
Um, and love it. Loved it. But Santa sucks, you guys. Don't go. No it's go. no good. It's no bueno. The line's terrible. Yeah. Well, now it is. It's <laughs> yeah, like two hours to get oh, in when it's I, good. I got there right before that line really took off. And so I still have memories of there not being lines ever. And now it's, I mean, you go on a Tuesday and Surfline calls it fair to good or whatever. And now now <laughs> Surfline has this whole new, like, I guess they came up with this new, uh, like, like you know how they used to have, like, like green orange right yeah, yeah. yeah now yeah. it's a whole new thing now they, the whole spectrum of colors. yeah now. and it's like totally yeah. ridiculous i'm like what is this going to do to line although i think the funniest thing about the sano line and surf line for me is the fact and most people don't even realize the fact that there's not only one cam but there's two sano line cams yeah, ridiculous which is like that just tells you like how ridiculous it could be yeah uh, yeah um because that's when i first started seeing you and then um when you were coming out here Whose boards were you riding when you came out here? Uh, so in North Carolina, through one of the surf shops, South End Surf Shop, Mike DeGroat. Shout out to Mike, he was awesome. Um, Jeff, Jeff DeGroat, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, sorry Jeff. Um, he started bringing Bings into his surf shop in North Carolina in Wrightsville and you know gave me the shop discount deal or whatever on a on a Bing because I was riding that Matt Calvani Rick board yeah. prior to that. And so I hopped on a Bing Levitator, rode that for like two years. And then I stumbled onto a Bing Silverspoon through the shop there. And that's the board I rode probably my first three or four years in <clears throat> California once I got out here. And then after that, you kind of switched over to? After that, after the Bing Silverspoon, I started riding, uh, and this was like three or four years into living here, I met Mike Siordia, uh -huh. and he was starting his label, The Bandits, and Ryan Engel was shaping Mike's designs, and so you know, I was getting boards from Ryan, and I got five boards, I think, when all was said and done. Throughout the time, I was kind of just <laughs> exclusively riding those boards, not that I was Prior to that, I wasn't exclusively riding anybody's board. Yeah, I yeah. just happened to have a Bing, and I loved it, <coughs> so I just kept getting those. And then, yeah, Mike came in and helped me out, uh, getting boards from Ryan through the Bandits label, and rode those for about two years, mm -hmm. year and a half maybe, and went through a lot of boards. That was kind of one of those times in my short surfing life where I got to like try out different shapes. I wasn't just getting a board off the rack. Mm -hmm. I was looking at what other people were riding and saying, okay, I kind of want a mix of this, a mix of that. Yeah, because I remember you guys were going back and forth on designs like all the time, which was really Great. cool. I mean, I was to watch. I had more boards that year than I had in my first like twenty years of living, pretty much. Yeah. Like I was uh, the first board he made me. I still think about all the time. It was completely it was smaller, narrower, more involvement style, especially compared to the Bing Silver Spoon, which is just a big old rocker out nose rider. Yeah, yeah. And so I hopped on that board and I like liked it, but I didn't like it because it was so different than what I was used mm -hmm. to. So I kept trying to like find this perfect blend. And I think the last board I got from Ryan kind of really ticked all the boxes for me. Yeah. But I still find myself thinking about that first board and I wish I still had that it. Magic I sold board. it some Grom and Dana Point and sometimes I see him out there on it and I wonder yeah, if he'll sell it back that. to me. Yeah. Now, I mean, the one thing about Mike's boards that he was really obsessed with, which was really cool, because I've had a, a board or two from him and it got me to surf the way I do now and the kind of boards I like now is that he was really obsessed with that kind of involvement style, right? Like yeah. where it was like the narrower nose and like just like not like more in the pocket surfing, which is what you do, which you're like basically when you, when I see you surf, like you're like, when I see you nose ride, like 95% of the board is disappeared. Well, that first board I got from Ryan, I had, that's kind of when I really learned the importance of 
I mean, you always know, and you always yeah. think you're in the pocket when you're getting a sick nose ride, but if you're riding <laughs> Did you see the photo? a big yeah, nose like rider, yeah, shoulder. you might be on the shoulder, still feel <laughs> sick or whatever, but that first board I got from Mike and Ryan, it only held on the nose if you were right in the pocket, yeah. and it was fast, and oftentimes you get up to the nose and you outrace the section, so I had to learn really how to position and stall it, but what I really loved about working with Mike and Ryan as well is I kept telling Mike, like, I just want user-friendly, like, I'm not... A big thing I felt like when I first moved here was people were riding boards, the long boards that didn't really suit necessarily the waves conditions mm -hmm. of Sano and all those people that were riding those things surfed them really, really well. But I was, um, maybe I'm lazy or something, but I just thought like, I just want a board where I don't have to think. Like I'm just going to be able to get up to the nose whenever I want, mm -hmm. that still turns. So Mike was really cool with not really making me or like trying to push a certain shape on yeah. me, which is how I ended up with the very last board I got, which is a pretty standard nose rider shape, but it had some edge in the tail. We were working with tail rocker a lot mm -hmm. and uh, as well as like nose rocker. And that board would do everything from tens to heels to kicks. And then I could do big laybacks on it. I could do full powerful turns on it. It was a good, very good all around board. Yeah, I think I remember talking to him, like when he made my board for me, he made like whatever was that shape that he was riding, right? Which is a very involvement style kind of shape. And I, I remember him talking to me about it being like, I, he's like, I don't want to make a board that's like quote unquote trendy. I want to make a board that like is super easy to ride. Easy to, I was all about that. And I'm still all about it. I want yeah. a board that's, I don't know why people want to work harder. Like I get that you ride a challenging board and you learn to surf it well, you spend a year on it and you're ripping on it. Yeah, your surfing does certainly improve. You can take that to another easy board and it feels 10 times easier than yeah, it would yeah. to me or whoever else. But I, I don't know, I just didn't want more. I just wanted a board that's gonna go. I didn't have to think about. No, I mean, I think there's like thing. a fine balance. For, for me, it's like, I always look at it as like a fine balance, right? It's like, you want, you don't want to be out there on a unicycle but you don't want to be out there with training wheels, right? Yeah, like exactly. you want something in the middle. Like you're like, okay, I want something that's going to challenge me. Yeah. That's good. But I don't want it to be such a hindrance that like I can't even get a good wave. So like, what am I learning? Like that the six months you put into figuring the board out is six months you wasted that you could have been progressing something else. Well, and that's, if I look back at my progression as a longboarder, I'm so thankful that I got on Bings when I did, mm -hmm. and specifically the models like the Silver Spoon and the Levitator that were wider, more traditional nose rider, because I was able to really just get so comfortable with my cross steps and mm -hmm. my nose riding and trusting my equipment, which is, I thought, I didn't realize it at the time, but I heard it somewhere in a video. I was like, trust your equipment. What does that mean? He's like, well, when you're hanging 10, if you think it's about to pearl, just stay up there and trust your board that if that's what it's designed to do, that's what it's going to do. And so that made, I was so confident on the nose that when I finally did hop on a, that first Bandits, that was way more involvement, way more closer to the pocket nose riding to where I had all, I built up all the basics that I needed to have, the cross-stepping and the nose riding, and all I needed to work on was my positioning. And it was a much easier transition and it made me a better surfer. Yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm the idiot who didn't do that. <laughs> well, you know, I see no, a lot no, of people do it that no, way. No, Mike, Mike used to yell at me about this. Mike and Worm <laughs> would yell at me about this. They're like, why are you riding those like knifed out boards? I'm like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. They're like, you're fucking wasting your time. And it took me like a long time to like learn how to nose ride because of that. And in hindsight, I'm like, I should just like listen to them. I like started. With, yeah, like, but this. it's never too late either. And no. I think I think there is almost with longboarding at least a formula to one's progression. I mean, you if you're gonna longboard, you need to know how to cross step and nose ride. Yeah. And so whatever board's gonna help you do that the easiest when you first mm -hmm. start out is what you should hop on. 
Yeah. And then after that, you know, the turns and the deep positioning, then that's all you have to worry about essentially because yeah. you're not worried about cross step and getting in the nose. You know you can do that. And yeah, it's more challenging yeah. on a smaller knifed out board, whatever it is. Yeah. You have the confidence already in you, so you're not like, yeah, I've kind of, I've kind of gone like, like, like a little bit back. Like I've kind of been like, like I used to ride those like Thomases that were like really fucking knifed out. That's like now kinda, that's a board I'm looking forward to trying. Yeah, I'm kind of getting. You back can try into, mine and whatever you want. Well, I'm gonna take you up on that. Yeah, it's fun. The the high prologue he made for me. I'll be honest. Like when Church is like chest high, it is funner than any board I ever had. Yeah. And you can nose ride it in it, but on it. But I remember taking Mike out one time with it, and it wasn't that good out there. And he's like the he's like this board is the first board in my entire life I've ever had that I do not trust a nose ride. <laughs> and coming from him, I was like, oh, well, okay. Like, that's kind of tough. But I've kind of like taken a step back, like through boards that uh, Grant Noble has made me. He's kind of like, it's still like involvement piggy style, but then it's like a little bit thicker. It's not like, you know, it's not as foiled out. It's like got better rocker. And I think that's the thing that's interesting for me about like longboarding in general is that there's so much variance in the boards that you could possibly get especially we're, oh, yeah. we're spoiled here in southern california yeah, let's be honest like we could we could go down to a parking lot and there's like 20 people who shape boards yeah. right and we could talk to them and be like okay this is what i want whatever you want yeah you and they're all eager here. to do it they're yeah. all eager to do it speaking of which who are you getting um boards from now uh at this point i so i have the last or what are you writing now yeah right now so my board i own that's kind of my daily at the moment is uh a michael uh-huh. Michael Takayama, the Annihilator. Uh-huh. Um, prior to that, I was writing just kind of that Ryan Angle shape I was talking about, standard nose rider with some edge in the tail, some tail rocker. But right now, it's been the Michael. And sure. uh, but I'm not, you know, I'm not getting boards from anybody. I kind of just wanted to, I wanted to try out everybody's. Yeah, yeah. That's why I got a Michael. You know, I saw Kai and Connie and and of course Veed like yeah. riding these things. I'm like, I want to try that. Yeah. And so I've been riding that maybe the last year and a half, two years, and. Uh, now that I've been riding that for so long, I'm like, well, I need to, it's funny when you ride a board for so long and I experienced this with the silver spoons I was riding and then the old Ryan angle that I still have is that you learn to surf that particular board so, so well that when you hop on another board and you try to approach the wave the same way, even if the differences are pretty minor, it kind of affects the way you transition onto another board. Yeah. So I'm trying, and that was a great thing when I was working with Mike and Ryan was that I got all these boards within a short period of time that I got to, I didn't get to dial in any single one so much, but I got to try all these different boards that allowed me to do different things better than the other board, mm -hmm. you know? So one board might nose ride better. So I'd ride that for four months and then I'd hop on a board that all of a sudden just can't nose ride as well, but man, it cranks on the tail and I can mm -hmm. do a big old turn. Um, and so now I'm kind of of this belief that like ride a board for a year or two, really figure it out, dial it in. And then before you get stuck approaching a wave on that particular mm -hmm. board, hop on another board and try something else. Which it I keeps it fresh. I mean, it, yeah, I think it's a good idea. I mean, we all get into these kind of ruts where we're just kind of, we're buying new boards, but they're essentially the same board we've been riding for like ever. Exactly. You know, they're Which, like slightly different. And there's nothing wrong with that, but you know, I'm sure every surfer that's been surfing for a long time, reaches certain points where they're like, okay, I'm kind of bored. Like I still want to surf. I'm kind of bored. I'm just doing the same thing on this wave. Yeah. You get a new board, it changes everything. It takes the same wave you've been surfing for mm -hmm. years and makes, allows you to just do something different. Yeah. So like the Michael, my God, that board nose rides incredibly. I mean, the Annihilator. I mean, that's what they're, that they're that's, made for. That's what they're made for. When I go backside on that Michael, 
I feel like Veed. I mean, I can, I feel like I can just run up there on any section and just hang 10 through the steepest part and I'm going to make it. Yeah. Um, but you know, some of the drawbacks are that it doesn't turn like some of the other boards I'm used to, Yeah. you know, that I've ridden in the past. And so, I, you know, I'm kind of getting burned out on the nose riding thing. So I actually rode a Bing again, not too long ago. Yeah. I saw the, that on, on a clip. Yeah. The Levitator 2.0. It's like one of their new models. I guess went down there and rented it. Uh -huh. Um, and it's got like a pretty heavy edge in the tail. Oh and really? Yeah, yeah, and man, that thing, it felt so good to turn. I mean, well, I'm when sure. I had the right section, I was, I felt like I was just full power surfing. Yeah. You know, it didn't nose ride that great, and I found that transitioning off the Michael back onto like a board that's not specific to nose riding. Yeah. It was kind of rough. I was watching some clips of me trying to get up to the nose, and I had a couple good nose rides, but not the consistency that mm -hmm. I'm used to. And again, it kind of reignited that thought in my head, like, oh, I need to need to ride other boards and not just stick with one type of board so that I can be just well-rounded on anything. Because mm -hmm. I want to be able to just hop on any board and surf up to my standards to mm -hmm. where I can satisfy my needs and my ego and all yeah, that. Yeah. And, uh, and I think the key to that's just continuing to try boards. So I'm kind of, I'm not in the market for any boards, but there's quite a few boards that can be rented around here. Yeah. Um, and I've got friends that are letting try me try out some boards. Stuff. Yeah. So um, it keeps it fresh, keeps it interesting, keeps me up to the level that I want to be at. Yeah. Because um, when something's too easy, feels good, you look good, but overall, I'm, I think your surfing kind of doesn't regress, but it just stays stacked. It's like plateaus. Yeah. Plateaus. Yeah. 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 So I know I've got got a friend that Connor Eck photo. Shout out to Connor. Yeah. He's always there with the shots and and whatnot. But he shaped the board himself, and it looks like a piece of garbage. He'll be the first one to tell you. It's so funny. You pick it up, the rails are all boxy and weird. Oh. But man, it has this really unique feel and it nose rides really well. And if you hit it right on the tail, it's Is that the board he really rides good. all the time? It's the board he rides all yeah, the yeah. time, yeah. And he's, and he's been riding it, I think, for two years now. So he's got it dialed like the back of his hand. Yeah. You know, he can do it with his eyes closed. I, I think if you have enough time, even with a board that's like, like quote unquote goofy, you'll figure out like how it works. Any like, surfboard, you spend enough time on it, you're You'll gonna, figure out what it does. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, I, you know I, I think with trying different boards, that's like a good point that you, you bring about, especially in longboarding, is a lot of people, we do get stuck into like our little like, little box. We're like, yeah. we're like, hey, this is what I like and stuff. And I, and you know, I have, a lot of people tell me like, oh, you should try this and that. Or like, you know, Dane Peterson recently told me, and, and Mike was of this school too, which I think was interesting. Is that like, you're never going to have the perfect longboard. Like it's, it's just not it's going true. to, because it's, there's a lot of factors into one. It's how you actually surf. Two is how you want to surf. And three, what's the wave you surf? Yeah. Because that, those three factors like are going to dictate it. And look, some waves, you're just not going to be able to really turn on them. It's not setting up for that. So the board should not be set up for that. Or some board, places like, you know, you're not going to be able to nose right. And you should have a board that you could quick turn on. You know, it's, you know, I always look at that. Like if you look at people who shape boards for like Rincon, Malibu, Blackies, Sano. And you look at that difference of those boards, like they are dramatically different because oh, yeah. the wave is the different. The waves are different. Well, I think those first two points you made too, how do you want to surf and how you actually surf are really important because when I first bought the Michael, you know, you're watching videos of Kai and Veed and Connie and these guys absolutely ripping on it. And you're like, wow, if I get that board, I'm going to surf like that. That's not necessarily true. <laughs> not you know, reality. I consider myself a pretty good longboarder and I, when I first got that board, it was so different than what I was used yeah. to that I rode it for about a month and a half and then I shelved it and I went back to my old board. I remember seeing you at the point at Sano, like one of those days that you were frustrated with it. I was like, this doesn't look like his surfing. Yeah. Like was... I remember being like, 
I was, I was <laughs> bummed. I, I was kind of bummed on the board at first. I was, you know, my ego couldn't handle yeah. the, the change, I suppose. But, you know, and then I was writing my old Ryan Angle for a while. And then I think something happened to that board to where, okay, now I've got this Michael. It's the only board that's watertight right now. Yeah. And I'm going to write it. And I don't remember, there wasn't a specific moment, but over time, it just clicked with me. And now it's like, I ride that board and I feel like the best surfer in the world sometimes. Yeah, you know, I've, seen, I've seen a dramatic difference from like, from like when I first saw you on that board like ages ago and then like now when I see clips, I'm like, oh no. Well, it's I just, like, you know, and I got in that mindset when I first got it that I'm going to ride this board and I'm going to be able to surf like Kai and I'm going to be able to surf like Veed and those guys. And that was also another little, uh, little check of like, hey, you know, you're not these guys. You surf yeah. a certain way, so certain boards are going to work certain ways mm -hmm. for you and different than they work for other people. Mm -hmm. and, that was like a little thing I learned because I, I never thought about it much until I was in that position of not surfing where I wanted to surf. Yeah. But like I said, now if I if I ever do another contest at a left point break, I'm bringing that Michael because oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> well, talking about contests, you've kind of you know from your early days you did contests when you were younger. Um, you've done um, some WSL contests. You did the duct tape in Huntington Beach. Now, there's obviously a lot of different things going on with the whole contest surfing thing, um, especially when it comes to the WSL. What's your take on how the WSL is approaching competitive surfing? Well, you know, we had all that drama with whether or not the tour is even going to run this year. Pretty stoked to see that it is going to run. Mm -hmm. um, the three-stop tour? The three-stop tour. <laughs> but you know what? Before that, it was a one-stop tour. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's better than nothing. But at the same so. We start at the beginning, I suppose. When I did those WSL contests, it was the very first year they kind of redid the tour, revamped it when Devin took over, and they had an event at Noosa to start it off, which they didn't really tell many people about. I mean, I was watching. No, the it event. was really like kind of like it last minute. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I remember watching the event, and then they were saying, "Yeah, anybody could just come down and sign up for this." And I was like, "Well, shit! I wish I had known. I yeah, yeah. made that effort." And so once I figured that, I was like, okay, well, they've got another one in Spain and they've got one in New York and anybody can sign up because it's this whole revamp. So that first year I did it, I think they had anywhere between 40 to 50 competitors. Yeah, at it was least men's wise. I don't, can't No, no, men was, how. it was deep. It was deep. It was deep. And you know, a lot of the people that did it were kind of like me thinking we're going to give it a shot. We think we're good. We do well here yeah. at our local contests. And it was kind of eye-opening when I got there because, uh, there was a big difference between, let's say, the top 15 guys and then the rest of us. And you would see that just in the free surfing. I mean, you're out there watching Harrison Road. Did you do the Spain one first? I did Spain first, and we kind of had big waves at least the first couple yeah. days. And some of those free surfs, I have a very clear memory of Harrison doing the sickest five on what looked like an eight-foot face of a wave where you're just going so fast, waves that I don't normally surf on a longboard. Yeah. And I realized real quick after losing that first heat, <laughs> like, okay, this is like the level that like separates the pro pros from m my level of surfer, yeah, yeah. you know, the, the local guy that does all right and that surfs well at their spots. And that was not tough to swallow. It was amazing to see those guys, but I realized quickly, like, if I'm going to keep spending money to do these things, I want to be a guy that's can go somewhere with it. Yeah. And the amount of money you had to spend to go to those places and stay there and enter the contest and pay the insurance. Take off from work. wasn't worth it. I mean, I heard people saying if you won first place at any of those longboard events that first year, you were pretty much breaking even from your expenses, which... That's rough. It's rough. I mean, it's one thing if you're making money as a pro surfer, but if you're just 
trying to make it and put your name out there, mm -hmm. it's, it's almost not worth it. I'd rather take a surf trip with my buddies for, for less and get better waves. And a filmer. You're, and a filmer, yeah. And yeah, you get more, more out of it, for exactly. sure. So, you know, but it was fun and I was actually, I thought it was really cool that the WSL let just people sign up. Mm -hmm. I thought that was really cool. I kind of get now with the cut, you know, it costs money. They're not making money on the contest. You know, I get all of that. I, I would have liked another chance. Mm -hmm. You know, COVID really shut things down. I went to the Noose event. You Actually, did go to that first Noose I event. went to that first one, uh, the 2020, right before yeah, yeah. COVID started. And I think I made two heats, which is more than I had made That's in any good. of the contests before. So I was like, okay, things are getting better. I'm learning the competition side because it's more than just how good you surf. It's very much like mm -hmm. wave selection and priority and all of that. There's kind of people thing. who know it. I mean, after going to a lot of contests, like there's, like if you look at it, there's people who are contest surfers because they know the system. Yeah. They know like, when I go out there, this is what the judges want, this is what I need to deliver, and they're able to do well, it. Well, look at a guy like Justin Quintal, perfect example. Yeah. I mean, on the, growing up on the East Coast, you could do contests all the time, and you're groveling, you're in shitty surf, and guaranteed he was one of those guys that was out there getting the best wave, making mm -hmm. his way up all the way to the finals, winning events, and now he's winning every duct tape. He's world champion on the WSL Tour, and it's because he knows how to, well, it's also because he's a phenomenal surfer. He's probably yeah, yeah. the best longboard. He's a guy I will love watching most, but you watch the ways he catches. He's catching the best wave of the heat. He's being Always. smart. He's the guy that's out there before the heat warming up. You know, a lot of these contests that doing the duct tape in Huntington, I was out there free surfing before my heat, my first duct tape. I'm all like, okay, I got to get warmed up. Yeah. Nobody else was doing that except for Justin. And he's already, well, he'd already he won, won like one. six or seven of them before, but he's yeah. still out there before the first round heat getting Oh no, he up. takes it, he takes it serious in yeah. the best possible way ever. And I think he, he's like that good example of like that contest surfer where it's like, it, it, I, I don't mean this in a derogatory way at all. Like I mean in a way that like, he gets the best wave of every heat. Like every heat I've watched him surf, even ones that he hasn't won, I've seen him be like, okay, he definitely got, out of all the ways that everybody surfed, he got the best one and he maximized yeah, what he it is. he didn't blow it. That's the other no, thing. No, no. A good competitor knows when to dial it back to get the number you need to get. You don't need to get a 10 on every wave. Yeah. You know, which as guys like me and the amateur level, whatever you want to call yeah. it, we want to go out there, we want to show up and we want to blow up. Yeah, yeah. But if you take that mindset, you know, you might try to do something that you shouldn't be doing on the section when trying to get a eight when all you needed was a four. Yeah. You know, and... Justin knows that he's a smart guy, he's a smart competitor, and yeah. has the consistency and the skill to do what he needs to do. I mean, he just won log or the duct tape at the inside. Yeah, here, and this so. is like it's fresh off my memory. Like every heat that he was in, it was just like we were standing there, and we we're like, like the finals, the first wave he got, we were like, it's done. Yeah. And there was like 20 <laughs> minutes left. Like everybody on the beach was like, it's over. Yeah. <laughs> like that was it right That's there. Insane. Did you see that thing where he like, I think it was like one of his last waves where he claims it, he grabs his, his dick and stuff. Yeah, points at the guy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so cool. <laughs> but it was like, but like that was so past knowing that he had won it at that yeah. point. Like everybody was like, after the first wave he got like, and I remember he came out of the water, I was like, Justin, I was like, that first wave that you didn't have to surf anymore. Yeah. Right? Yeah, well, that was his victory lap. And yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> seeing a guy like that, surf the way he does that consistently yeah it's mind-blowing and the best thing about it is like you might oh, I, before i got into a duct tape or did any of the kind of the bigger contests i used to watch the contest and be like oh these guys aren't even hanging heels like man yeah. when i get into one of these i'm gonna try yeah, i'm gonna do this shit <laughs> but it's like it's not about that like yeah. you gotta surf smart you know it's not a, not even about how much 
how much better you rip than someone else or you think you're yeah. someone else. It's how much better of a surfer in general are you as far as positioning, mm -hmm. the waves you choose, and then not falling. And yeah. just doing what you need, you know you need to do. Now, is it something you want to still do or you're kind of like... Oh, no, I'm all about it. But for me at this point, with the level of talent that there is out there, for me to spend... 1500 to $2,000 to go to a contest and not, not that I don't believe in myself or anything, but to know that the competition is this high. Yeah. I'm not going to travel halfway across the world. I'm not going to spend that money to go do that because I'm at a point now to where I'd much rather spend $2,000 and go somewhere really cool with my buddies and get barreled or just get good waves yeah. and do that thing. But if there's contests around here that, you know, I don't want to sound like too cool for school or whatever but i kind of want to do contests where there's some money involved if you make it to the final maybe you get yeah. some money it's yeah like, that makes it worth my while um so like vince felix he runs a lot of contests up in Ventura. yeah that ventucky event vent he's the, the vent surf rodeo is this surf rodeo so, coming up he it might be um i don't know you know covid really messed with a lot of things but yeah. he did a surf rodeo event and a couple others that i went up drove up to ventura to do and those were super fun, and the longboarders that were doing it, you know, it was V, it was Kai, it was Joe Rippenbaugh, like really good longboarders. Yeah. So it's like you're still surfing against the best of the best, but I didn't have to spend two thousand dollars to get there. Yeah, it's a big difference. Yeah, and uh, and the waves are still fun, and you know, the duct tape's different because I know that if you get invited, you pretty much just have to get there, and then they kind of Vance really takes care of you. Yeah. Put you in a hotel. It's also a prestige factor. I mean, it's it's oh. kind of a thing when you when you get selected to that contest, you're one of sixteen men or women. Who basically Joel and the people of Vans deem like and well, that's exactly what it's an acknowledgement of your abilities and that's yeah. the best part about it. I remember when I got the message that I was invited. It was I wasn't thinking oh I'm gonna go out here and try to win it. Yeah, or yeah. Do that. It was like wow they think I surf good enough to do this like awesome that's what I've been working towards. I mean I remember when they when when they picked you Joel texted me like right away. Yeah. So he's, like, no, no. He was like, he's like, oh, I got. He's like, no, no. He's like, oh, I got your boy in it. I was oh, like, who sick. are you talking about? He's like, Alex in it. I was like, oh shit, that's, that's cool. all. Like he was so cool. But but that's the thing. That's the level of excitement he has to this day. Like yeah. I even know with this Mexico one, like everyone that they picked, like he had that level of excitement for everyone that was well, in it. Well, and I think that I mean, and I know those guys that got picked, the guys that got picked for the first time that had never done a decade before. Yeah. Guaranteed, they were over the moon oh I forget mean, it regardless if you're a good longboarder or you have aspirations to become a competitive longboarder if you get asked to go to joel's duct tape like you feel like you've made it even yeah. if you show up and get last place like i did at the us Open, yeah you feel like there was a tip of the cap to you from yeah from the god you know from the goat yeah, of yeah. longboarding like hey you're good enough to be here and that's such a good feeling. I think it's akin to like, I, I hate to use this sports analogy, but like I think about it like an NBA All-Star game. Like you get selected to that game, even if you're not starting, even if the coach only puts you in for like two minutes of that game, you're still for the rest of your yeah. life, you say, hey, I was an All-Star. Yeah. I think it's the same thing with the duct tape for me. When I look at it, I'm like, you're in a fraternity and a sorority that very few have been selected to be in. And just to be selected for that event from, like you said, the godfather of this world that we live in is you'd be like, fuck it. I can fucking be first round clown. I don't give a shit. Yeah. Like, I'm happy. Like, I'm here for the party. And like, this guy thinks I'm good enough. And like, there's eyeballs on me. And I think that's something that they really try to do, which I, I like about the duct tapes more than any of the other contests is that 
they really focus on being like, let's really try to highlight talent that we think is good that doesn't get enough attention. Yeah, 100%. And it's not just the talent. I mean, it's the whole idea of longboarding, which mm -hmm. is beyond just competitive surfing. Mm -hmm. I mean, the longboarding, it's a lot of the guys that go are not just good longboarders. They're artists, they're musicians, they're mm -hmm. personalities within a world that we all want to be a part of. Yeah. You know, and it's... It's about the talent, but it's also about the people, which was like a really cool thing. And I kind of wish I had, if I had to go to a duck day, but I almost wish it wasn't in Huntington because it's, you know, it's right there. I've been yeah. to Huntington millions of times. It's like, oh God. The US this... Open kind of almost overshadows that, you know, the duct tape itself. Yeah, yeah. And, but I think it's so cool when they go to spots like in Spain and Australia where this is the event, all eyes are on that. And they really try to focus on having the activities where the competitors, just the competitors, not not all the fans. You know, fans are there on the beach and they can be a part of it, but then after the event, after the heats of that day, they go to the skate park, they go to dinner, they go to the bars, and all these people that have, would never have crossed paths or really mm -hmm. taken the time to speak to one another are now put in a, on a bus. And yeah. Well, you're sitting right next to the person. Yeah. I'm gonna say, what's up? I'm gonna, I was, <laughs> my US Open, I was supposed to room with Justin. Okay. And Justin I've met, uh, like, couple times here and there he's good friends with my old roommate Cameron Brown and so like he would stop by here and there but he's supposed to room with me in Huntington I was like oh man I'm gonna get to hang with Justin he's yeah. one on one and then his girlfriend at the time ended up coming so Vans hooked him up with their own private yeah, room yeah. which worked out for both of us yeah I'll say any more on that but it worked out for both yeah. of us and uh but it was just so cool to then walk into the space and be able to say what's up Justin and he remembers my name he's like what's yeah up, Alec? how are you like and really get a chance to chat and Justin's a guy I was YouTubing when I was like 15. Yeah. You know, he was the Kelly Slater of my longboard mm -hmm. career. So that it's just cool that there's opportunity like that for the Joe Schmoes like me. You know? Yeah. And there's going to be more. I mean, I know, I know the thing, the, the, the talk with the duct tapes is to do more. Um, and I hope go, there's more duct tapes. I uh, no, I no, no. And they're they've all, got one in what South Africa this year. In the so US it's Open? South Africa. And then two weeks later, it's um, us open. And then there'll probably be one, right before the year ends. I don't know what they're doing. Co they're, Secret spot. They're talking about Costa Rica, possibly. Oh, that's cool. Which is like the, where they should. I mean, you know, I interviewed a bunch of people down there and like they were all kind of like Costa Rica, Costa Rica, Costa Rica. I mean, I think the place that they should do it is at Queens. That's just like my thought. Like they should. They I think they should do it at Santa. Oh, God, that would be hard. <laughs> Let's do it to the point. Come oh, on, Oh, God, that would be so horrible. That would be amazing. Cardiff would be better. Or church, even. I, we're going to have to bleep that out, but, like, church sucks, guys. Don't. <laughs> well, it has, to be honest, it's kind of sucked this year. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you were talking about, like, with the duct tape competitors, like, there's, you know, there's artists, there's all this stuff. Now, one thing you do is you started a surf school. I did. I'm, I'm adding to the mass of surfers you see at Doho and everybody in line at Sanho. But that's Part okay. Of the problem. But that's all right. I don't but care. So, so, <laughs> um, but I'll, I'll tie this back to something else. Um, so when did you start the surf school? Uh, COVID, so 2020. Okay. But then my normal job, when I moved out here, I was working. I worked like a real job for this chocolate manufacturer. I know you gave me a bunch marketing. of chocolate. Yeah, it was really good. good. <laughs> They're still around. Cocoa Parlor Chocolate. Shout them out. Organic <laughs> vegan. Yeah. Non-GMO, all the buzzwords, but I would always still, my boss was great. She would let me take summers off to continue to work at the surf camp yeah. that I worked at for a long time. And so I have a man managerial position at that camp and then COVID hit, couldn't have our surf camp. Everybody and their mom was trying to learn to surf during that summer because you could only go to the beaches. You couldn't go out and do anything else. So I just thought, well, if I can't work for the camp, I'll just do my own thing. So it was just kind of 
made a website, got permits, business license, the whole deal. I'm just doing private lessons and stuff like that. And so I'm, and then eventually I realized that there, I could still make what I made working for my old job, just doing what I really wanted to do, which is teach lessons. So mm -hmm. I've been doing that since 2020, so two years. What's the name of it? Uh, the California Surf Academy. Right. Um, yeah, you give lessons to um, to one of my friend's kids. Well, I guess she's she's not really surfing. You just get her in the water. Yeah, right? we just play around. We'll, uh, What's her name again? Frankie. Frankie, yeah. Frankie and I she we was just a, swim around and play on the board. She, she, she was over this past because she's my daughter's best friend. So she she had a sleepover this weekend. And I was like, when are you guys going to go again? And she's like, I want to go. Yeah, I like Frankie. She didn't like surfing, but she loved the water. No, no. She's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. My, da my daughter's like, I told her, I was like, this is the summer. Like, we're going to get you. Like, How old is your daughter now? She's going to be six. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Just make sure it's all very positive. Like, well, that's going to be your job because oh, I can. Okay. Yeah, that's right not going to be me. I'm like, get on the fucking board. And then, <laughs> no, no, I'm not that bad. The worst but, thing you can ever do for a kid is let them get tumbled in the white water so bad that they never want to go back out. And so that's what happened to her. Ah, yeah, yeah. So it was, it was one day that we took her out at Doho where the first wave she caught, basically she was like, this is the best day ever. And the next wave was the one she tumbled where she was like, I want to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. And like, she's there. Walking. But now she's actually like warmed up a little bit to it and kind of like, oh, like I'll do it. Mostly because she's figure skated for the last, I guess it's like six months now. Okay. And she's gotten really good. So like her balance and coordination is like a lot better. So even with like skateboarding, I've kind of been like, okay, I think you're ready for this now. And yeah. she's even been like, she's like, yeah, I think I can go on the skateboard there now. Yeah, that's cool. So she's like kind of getting there. So yeah. at that age, the kids have to be the ones that want to do it. That's like yeah. another thing. It's like you could. You can want them to do all these things, but if they don't want to do it, they're not going to do it. Which is cool. Like with her, it's kind of a thing, like even with the surfing thing, like a lot of people are like, oh, do you want her to surf? I was like, you know what? If she doesn't want to do it, she doesn't want to do it. Like I, I, I wouldn't want to be that dad that's like forcing her to do it. Because yeah. I heard someone who I interviewed recently tell me about how, um, <laughs> this is so crazy. I'm not going to say who it was, but it was someone who competed at the, at the Mexi Log Fest. Um, who's basically telling me that how they first started surfing is that their dad would guilt them into it and basically be like, hey, like if you want to go out this weekend, you have to come to the beach with me and I'll give you $5 for every wave you catch. Oh, okay. And the kid was like, well, fuck it. Like I want to go to the movies and hang out with my friends. So like it was a spiteful thing. She's like, I fucking hate surfing, but I want the money. And so she would like, like figure out how to catch waves. And then she'd catch like maybe like five waves and her dad would give her 25 bucks. Well, you know what? That's a rest. That's a lesson for real life because we all do things we really don't want to do like a job to make the money to do the no, things there we was, want there to do. No, there was like so. an underlying lesson to it, but yeah. I just thought it was funny that she was like doing it out of spite and then she became a good surfer. Yeah, look at that. Well, I was that's like, crazy. I'm like, this is hilarious. Yeah. Um, now, you know, with the surf school, you know, you, we talked about competitive surfing and, and money. One of the biggest things that a lot of people don't understand, like when they look at surfers like yourself or in general who get like, you know, coverage and stuff, they're like, oh, well, you know, my, they must financially do well for themselves. And like, we all know that like that isn't necessarily the, the case because, you know, money doesn't like, like every like isn't like $5, you know, yeah. like it's like, oh, I got 200 likes. I have two. It's not like that. So what do you think? you know, is the best advice you could give to someone who wants to surf, but also put food on the table? Like what, what do you, what do you, what advice from your life would you give to someone else who wants to be able to do that? Couple things. First would be to put yourself in a place that allows you to surf more often. So meaning like if you have to work a nine to five, five days a week, 
you're going to want to live somewhere where you know on your time off, on your weekend or after work, that there's going to be something to ride. It may not be the best way, mm -hmm. it could be blown out, whatever, but there's going to be something to ride. Because coming from Texas, in the East Coast, when it's flat, it's flat. Yeah. If you live in a place like California or Hawaii or Australia, there's always something to ride. Mm -hmm. So if you can put yourself in one of those places, no matter what job you're doing to put food on the table, provide for the family, you're you're gonna find time to surf mm -hmm. and you're gonna be satisfied enough to not resent having to work and do yeah. all that thing. The other thing I would say is, uh, like, lower your standards. Um, don't feel like you've gotta make a ton of money right off the bat if that's not what you really wanna do. Mm -hmm. If you wanna have time to surf and you're okay with making less than what your peers are making, but still able to pay the rent and put food on the table, go do that. Especially if you're young. I, I, most of my friends, those that don't serve that kind of thing, you know, college, job, wife, yeah. kids, that whole thing, and that's great for them. But I think if you really find something you wanna do, make the effort and be willing to make the sacrifice to do what you wanna do, and still not just be some bum living in your van, mm -hmm. begging for change or whatever it is, you know? Um, there's jobs, especially right now, there's jobs out there for everybody. Yeah. They may not pay the greatest, but if you need a job, go get yourself a job. And flexibility. I be mean, flexible, yeah, yeah. I mean, wake up early before work to go surf if you can. Yeah. Or just be okay with surfing on the weekends, which sucks, because everybody surfs on the weekends. Yeah. But, I mean, there's a classic California joke, right? You show up on a Wednesday and it's packed. I guess no one works in California. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, there's truth to that, but it's also, where I'm at now, I have my own schedule. I set what days I want yeah. to work, that kind of thing. And I, I get to the beach and I think that same thing. And then I remember, well, I'm not working today either. Yeah. You know, and you just got to make it work for you. Don't ever, I don't know, with social media too, you got to not like pay attention to what everybody else is doing. Everybody's yeah. heard that before. You don't, don't put yourself up and measure yourself up to these people on social media, blah, blah, blah. You got to do what works for you. Yeah. And so, yeah, I would just say be willing to make a sacrifice to make sure you do what you want to do, whether it's surfing or music or art or yeah, even if you don't want to do anything, okay, you don't want to do anything, but you got to do enough to survive, and that's kind of yeah. I, I think I think the thing too is I think young kids who get into surfing they should have a little foresight in the sense of like working on a career in the future that gives them flexibility. I t I tell people that all the time. I'm like, for instance, like what I do to pay the bills is graphic design. Yeah. I set my own hours. I do it whenever the fuck I want from wherever the hell I am. It's all remote. But the thing is, like, in my 20s, I made that decision because I knew I'm, first of all, I'm a lazy motherfucker. <laughs> and I knew I just wanted to have a flexible schedule. But in my 20s, I made that decision. My early 20s. Well, and that's the thing. You were ahead of the curve. Yeah. I look back now. So I wish I had started giving lessons 10 years ago. Yeah. Because there was still demand back then. Yeah. I could have lived the lifestyle I wanted to live. Sometimes I wish I had learned to trade instead yeah. of going to a four-year college and you know, getting into debt and that kind of yeah. thing, because um, then that's a whole other can of worms. But if you can go learn a trade, mm -hmm. get a union job, the guys that have been doing it now that are started at 18 and now they're almost 30, yeah. they're making bank, they're making their own schedules, they're working for themselves, yeah. and they're serving all the time. So there's, there's things you can do. It's so interesting society, and I had the conversation last night with a buddy you think you got to do a certain thing because that's what it seems like everybody does and those are the right steps, but you make your own decisions and you can make whatever you want out of life as long as you're just 
smart about it and put in the effort. That's the other. You can't just do something and expect it to just happen. Mm-hmm. And I'm guilty of that. Yeah, know? yeah. Like, no, I mean, I think we I all... I work way harder than I am now, for sure, but I don't. <laughs> I th- no, no. I think we all get into that thing. Um, the one thing I wanted to kind of close off on a little bit was that the fact, you know, you have a pretty uh, close, re- at least from my perspective, it seems like a close relationship with Connor. Yeah. Uh, like, so he's like always shooting you and stuff. Is that something you went out to make happen? Like, or is that something no, that's, that, that I mean, happened? that's something that I looked into. I mean, Connor, Connor's also from where I'm from in Texas. Oh, he is? I didn't know that. enough, we didn't... I we thought didn't, he was from here. Oh, he's from Houston. He rips like he's from here. No, no I never thought... I, know, I from, didn't know. Uh, not Houston, but one uh, in between Galveston and Houston. Okay, one of those spots. And yeah. he's my age, and we never knew each other through high school or anything like that. He never uh-huh. did contests, which is where I would run into other people. Uh-huh. Never did contests, which is weird because he would have won them all. Um... But we met, I spent a couple months in Texas before I moved out here full time and we just happened to meet surfing and got to chatting and he's like, oh, I'm moving out to San Clemente. And he ended up moving, did not planned or anything. He just happened to move into the apartment complex next to mine. Shut up. So and I was, I went <laughs> so. through like a bad breakup at the time and I just didn't want to be at the house. Yeah. Like, Connor's right there. So me and Connor started hanging out and he's one of those guys that, you know, he's one of those friends who's just good at everything yeah. that he puts his hand to. We started picking up a camera and you know, his lot of the shots and video I get from him, it's more him just wanting to try out a new piece of equipment, knowing that I'm going to be stoked on it, even if I surf like crap or he doesn't get the shot he wants, you know, or just, just friends where he's like, I'd rather shoot than surf today. I'll go serve. I'm going to shoot you. And so it works out like that. But he's now transitioning to doing it more professionally. Yeah. I mean, cause he's like every time, almost every day that there's like good surf around here, like I know I could look up on his gram account, like let's say an hour after we've all been in the water and there's a fucking gazillion shots. Like it's so crazy. Like it's like by the time I drive home after having coffee, surfing uh, tea after surfing church and I get home and I turn on my phone, I know that there's going to be a ton of shots from him. It's so crazy. Connor's a great example. Just quickly going back to what you were asking about earlier is one of those guys that does what he wants to do, which is surf and take photos and surf some more, but he has a good job. He's a smart guy. He went to school, Mm -hmm. got a job out here working for surf aid, Mm -hmm. a job that allowed him to surf in the morning, surf on his lunch break, get off early enough to go surf. Yeah. And did well enough there to now where he's like, okay, well, I want to see if I can do something with my photos Mm -hmm. and stuff. he works hard at it, and he surfs more than anybody I know. It's no, I mean, it's so funny because it's like I either see him in the water with the camera housing or I see him surfing. Yeah. Like, it's it's always well, hilarious. Well, sometimes you see him doing both. The other yeah. day he was out there with his housing on a surfboard. He oh, got, my God. We were trying to get, like, a longboard shot. It was on Instagram a while ago, like, hanging heels, and he was surfing behind me, and he had his housing, and he got a shot Like a follow cam almost? Like a follow cam. But when I wasn't catching waves, he was catching waves on his own, Full on hanging 10 with the water housing, <laughs> trying to get shots of himself hanging like, 10 with it. Oh my like, God. wow. No, because so, he surfs really good. It's yeah. like, I didn't know until maybe like about like, not that I had a doubt, but I remember like really seeing him surf. Like maybe it was like last summer and I was like, holy shit, he's like really, like, he's like legit really good. Good on a longboard, you see him on a shortboard, he's even better. I could imagine. Using, and funny thing about him, he was one of those guys when I met him in Texas at 22. He was riding like a high performance McTavish board. And I remember surfing one day. With that shitty M logo. Yeah. And I remember surfing. It was a surf tech. I remember. And I was out there on my single fin nose riding. And that's when he started chatting with me. And then during that session, I saw him start to just try walk, properly walking up on the yeah. board on his board. 
he's out here in California five months later after that when he moved out here. Yeah. Gets on a single fin and he was one of those guys I saw go from not being a longboarder to now being, I mean, underground. He's one of the best. Yeah. He could be, he's a guy that could be in a duct tape, like he could hang. No, he's good. That's the thing. Like, he's not just like, okay, like, because a lot of people that do what we do, whether they do podcasts or stuff like that, like, you know, we could like surf decent and kind of stuff, right? Like we could like, all right, we could surf okay. And then it's like, when you see him, I'm like, he, he fucking rips. He rips. And I'm so, and I think a lot of our relationship as far as getting photos him getting photos of me and that kind of thing has to do with we're just proud to be from like a spot like in Texas where all we want to do is not that we have a chip on our shoulder but all we want to do is let people know like you don't have to be from California to be a ripper no I know what I mean I mean that's the thing that's like always attracted me to like you and your surfing too is like I'm always like being from New York like I'm always attracted to people that are not from here you know who wind up bringing their own flavor to it Um, and that's something like you see evidently in your surfing for instance it's like you're not just out there trying to nose ride like you're doing these like really big turns and like trying to no no no. i mean yeah but look at a guy again we'll go back to justin yeah from the east coast where the waves are shitty and look at him now yeah i mean he just if you don't if you're a longboard and you don't know who justin quintal is well you probably aren't a good longboard yeah (laughs) you know what i mean and he's yeah guys like that they're the ones that are the most interesting because they the florida boys i mean look the florida boys like saxon part well parker's new jersey i guess yeah um Fucking Trent Who Phillips down there. Trent Barf Barf. Yeah, whatever that's him. on Instagram. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. That's my boy. Yeah, there you go. There were other guys on the floor. Joe Polito was a guy. I used oh to no, watch it's a like lot. crazy. That's the thing. So it's many like many guys down. There. I mean, I it's akin to like you know like Worm talks about it. Like she grew up surfing at like Balsa, right? Which mm. is like a fucking closeout ninety yeah. percent time. But what it does is it makes you be really fast. Like all you, all of you who surf from those kind of environments, like you're really quick on your feet. Yeah. Waves are short. You got yeah, and there. it's like you do like a quick fucking hack turn and then it's like fucking all of a sudden you're like on the nose and like back real fast but now you're surfing in an environment where the waves allow you more space and time so it's like your your guys minds are working so much faster than the wave that you're so much ahead of anything that's going to happen well, it's good and bad when i came out here i had to learn to slow down yeah i did I, can imagine. I had to learn to find the pocket yeah. and like try to make it look a little prettier than it did yeah you know and but that's all part of the surfing yeah, yeah, which is great. Um, who would you, in closing, who would you like to shout out, thank, you know? Conorek Photo for all the shots, of course. Mike Ciordia for letting me ride a lot of boards, him and Ryan Angle. Um, yeah, Michael Takayama for giving me a great board right now, letting me experience that. And mom and dad. You, you go. can't get wrong with mom and dad. I mean, they're, they came out when I went to Spain and whatnot to watch me lose. Oh, they did? To watch me lose in my first heat <laughs> at the WSL contest, so... Always parents are always proud that's how yeah, it is I I, i'm a dad i get it um closing question i ask everybody if there's one wave that you could surf that you've surfed or not surfed that you would want to surf what would it be where is it crowded or not crowded no like nobody like nobody. just nobody yeah like nobody like you all of a sudden like i snap my fingers and there's no one out there there's no one out there and it's, it's the wave you want to surf well, I'm going to Colorado's in Nicaragua in about three days, and I'm hoping to get barreled, but I mean, there's going to be like 50 guys out there, so I'm going to say that one. Okay, and Colorado. Maybe it'll snap your fingers when I'm there, so maybe it'll happen. Imagine I'm like out here, I'm like trying <laughs> yeah. to do magic like a fuck it, like Harry Potter, right. fuck it with a wand. Yeah. Like give no line, nobody in line. Honestly up. though, anywhere, anywhere with nobody out, I would love I think to that's, surf. I'd rather surf a shitty wave with nobody out than a good wave with like. Like, that's why I avoid Malibu like a plague. I'm like, I don't give a fuck how good that wave is. If there's 200 people and celebrities, 
and all these cameras, I have no interest. I'd rather Not go to Bolsa. I'd rather go to Bolsa by myself. Yeah. Like Worm and I do that all the time. We're like, let's just go to Bolsa. It's just us two and maybe one other person, and at least we have it to ourselves. I'm like, you know what? I'm good with that. That's when good. it's the most fun. Well, thanks for sitting down. Yeah, thanks uh, a lot. Thanks for ripping as always. Yeah. And uh, yeah, have fun in uh, Nicaragua. Thank you. I appreciate you. I appreciate this opportunity. Awesome. Thanks to Alec for sitting down with us and doing the interview. You know, I think a lot of points that he brought up about competitive surfing and we talked about that was really interesting. And uh, it's just right now with competitive surfing, at least in the longboard world, it's dying a slow death. If anybody watched the WSL event they had at Manly, it was, you know, congrats to Hano and Harrison for winning. But honestly, it was the coverage of it, the promotion of it was horrible. You know, we're seeing the basically the end of the tour. The good news is you have stuff like the duct tape and the club contest and these small little offshoot contests that I think is a direction uh, that I like to see it go, especially things like the Queen of the Point. I think that's what it's called. They're doing an all-girls contest at Malibu, which is really cool. Uh, but anyway, I thought it was really cool what he had to say about uh, competitive surfing. And for someone who's done it all, uh, little pieces of it, I think people should listen to what he has to say. But anyway, uh, enough of me chatting. I want to get back to some tracks. So this next grouping of tracks are all these collab tracks that uh, Zarface has done with other people. I think that's one of the things that first attracted me to them. And then I love to hear all these different collabs they do, especially the ones that they did with MF Doom, Rest in Peace, and Ghostface Killer, and some other people. So here's a couple of tracks. And when we get back, we're going to talk to uh, Peter Williams and Tyler Wilde about uh, Gender Outlaw. Peace. Keys, jeez, I teach but I kill them when the class on. So I got no pupils like Spidey with the mask on. Generally speaking, each rhyme is five star. Split personality, I ride with a sidecar. I can't think of the rhyme, it must be misplaced. It's on the tip of my tongue like Stan Smith's face. Hold on, mm, something about a fly sound and how you got no bars like a dry council pipe down. The beat bumps like bad skin. Cap and gonna teach stuff. Shout to Craig, man, that's the line, yo. 
the mind take you where the cameras can't. It's very necessary, like a Q-tip Grammy rant. Speak proper, some airheads say the act white. Caps flight, bread good, so he tends to pack light. Got jokes, but usually don't engage in no snap fight. Could be considered a waste confronting snakes on the back bite. Detrimental to cultures that they like sight. Ass wipe, catch him on stage, mad hype. With a trash mic, month later in the gutter, glass pipe and a flashlight. Looking around for something, he's still scurry. Bewildered in sight, riots, and minds going blurry. It wasn't really shit to say, much to their chagrin or dismay. Had him on the ropes, then he made a big mistake and hit the hay. Went home and hit the day. Burned the midnight oil and flipped the shit a different way. Disaster, time is a component. Setting fire to rappers in a monumental moment. And the game's potent. It's like a never ending quotient. A minute ago, it was smiles and hugs. Now, where the fuck the door went? He's so bent, it's like he set the shit straight again. Balls finna drop and he ain't even close to saying when. But, but, villain. Nothing ever stolen. What's given is a blessing. Think the universe owe him. Got faith in the vessel, but no one to keep rowing. Yeah, and get about your own way with delivering the poem. Those who think they do, don't know them. No different than a squad of birds ready to blow them. Sorry, Charlie, get back up on your Harley. Win, lose, or draw, plus beat you at Atari. Drop the ass deep in some far-off safari. And probably even got the answer to who the hell are we? Metal face squadron, tell a real one, Shalom. In a calm tone, bomb tone. And we're back with a legion of doom, the road warrior. Cody Savani, I just happened to notice as we come on the set, there's been a lot of talk about the road warriors losing their heart or their taste for violence. Well, we never had no hearts to lose to begin with. Yeah. Game is over, sun is front line, that's why his name is soldier. Fatal flow will do your brain like cocaine and baking soda. Me beat a loca, banging inside of the Navy Rover. Feet on your lady sofa, loving now she play me closer. Cream of the crop stock, rising like the murder rate. Seven S and deck, drop it, it was worth the wait. Verbal grade, spoken word, world circulate. You stacking cheddar, cause you working at the burger place. Cold like the winters in Cabrini Green. See me lean, getting cream since the breakdance graffiti scene. Heated dreams, score on the floor like he Kareem. All-star, feeling my G, you should see the team Rebel spit, effortless, rise like the deficit Execute with prejudice, the necessary requisite Nemesis, Netflix, couldn't show you the specialist Heavy neck shit, Genesis to my exit Yeah, we bang on them, soft face, staff slang on them Fuck them down, fuck them down, switch lanes on them Check them, my style, return to zero Superhero with the motherfucking fangs yeah. on them Getting money, getting paper, bitches hang on them Another victim, haters love to put the blame Come on them. Flip it around and put uh, the shame on them. Put the white shame on them. Put the I'm like the Bobby Slayer rap the way I play the shit. Straight away, false moves and make you lay with fish. Take a piss, my shorty hold it, cause I sprain the wrist. You know my style is boulevard of death. I'm dangerous, far and flow. They try to detain me at customs. Let me go, I had a cheek that I rain me a mustard. That's the hash, only fucking with the upper class. Cause I'm done with all the suffering like succotash Quick with the handle, stick shift and I scramble Pick six like I'm Revis, kick shit like a sandal I'm down at any time to do it, was designed to do it Till the money getting dusty like a vomit fluid But never seeked out, see me 3D, Z3'd out 165 red line of read, I'd never put the weed out Kick up your shoes and let your feet out Just remember honey, no getting pregnant, I pull the seat out With my teeth Yeah, 7L Esoteric, 
Rebel Lioness, Bam Bam. We bang on them, soft face, staff slang on them. Fuck them now, fuck them down, switch lanes on them. Check them, my staff, return to zero. Superhero with the motherfucking fangs on them. Getting money, getting paper, bitches hang on them. Another victim, haters love to put the blame on them. Flip it around and put the shame on them. Put the white shame on them. Put the white on Sunday nervous, I pray on the week. Fuck a Sunday service. Guns they buy, they for show only. Like AG versus, stage your purpose. You and deeper shit than beta curses. 80 balls equal 80 hearses, they deserve this. They used to give me flyers for this shit, so relentless. See the show, I'd rather see the dentist. He has reinvented this. Come fly with a pterodactyl, but fight this sack. We did this like a Tim Tebow tackle, yo. Cover me, I'm going in. Blowing like the blowing wind. Holier than no one knows the over, I control the pen. Barbarians, we tearing them. Yeah, we bury them. And if we don't, we granulate the bones And then we wear the skin, we hit a win You peep the flow and try the jacket So I turn you to a jacket Buffalo Bill, Chick Manning So you a cash getter, yeah, you stack cheddar And Jordan Force make you jump higher and rap better, yeah I'm back, I'm at my apex For all you rap fans, I'm a hero to everybody I'm Batman's Batman I'm something vicious, gunning pictures I'm under suspicion for leaving some of these sons of bitches Out in some ditches and some in front of their misses They never got a shot off Cause my man's a lazy landscape But never drops the shot off the god off was low down with no doubt don't make me break the robe out they want tickets but the shit is sold out Your system, this song on the Jack Herrick, cause it hits strong, fist pump, rebel on the set, make your bitch jump. Doubt me, get in line, cause the list long. Scandalous type Nick song. Mellow in your face like the Nick song, dick long, gripped in the pits with my wits on. Low quick, short wick on a lip bomb. Better strong, any record inspector on. I transform to a beast, call me Predacon. Upper echelon, that rep till he dead and gone. Was an ex-con, now I get my checks on. Now a nigga's alright, like I'm never wrong. Headstrong, stepping through a present day Lebanon. Light mob and I get it on. Rebel gon' set it off, then I jet set where the weather's warm. Florida, Visionary killing this, I'm still in this Hang with a gang that's feeling this Building this, run the ground up, turn the sound up Lounge around, let the beat pound like a Dillinger to handgun Can't come close, I'm a phantom Your brand ain't a movement and your jam ain't an anthem Tantrum, crying bitch, a battle and your dying wish I'm a genie that'll rent that shit I insist fly shit, shrunk and low sweater Yeah, we tighten it, tight kicks Flow holy water like rice spit Ice pick, spin that motherfucker like a nightstick Prisoners, tie sun up, that I your mic shit Prisoners, take a deep breath I mean, I'm recess, ES, mid issue one, you to repress, refresh, your funny style, you should redress, speak less, what's a brave heart with the weak chest? <laughs> right? Yo. This, this, this. I spit bomb, kill him softly with this song. Click strong, this ain't nothing like a chick song. Big John, in the shower with a big blonde. Switch on the pile, little sow in the big bomb. I'm big homes, I ain't living till you live long. Big bone, honey, trying to keep me in the friend zone. I touch down, try and put it in a ring zone. Pimp bone, and I dip on her like I'm Jim Jones. Yes, y'all, heard the rest, who the best, y'all? You slept, dog, I'm a threat, what you rap, dog? Respect, dog, here's a bone, go and fetch, dog. Mr. Map, y'all, my favorite letter is F, y'all. 
As I continue where we left off, next off the list, another hater is checked off. Get lost, you trick, check balls, so bets off. More music and less talk, I'm talking about. You already know, man. Pressure on your neck like a DDT, Beach Street, Waymo, spitting on your name. Rhymes travel underground like it's written on the train. My position in the game, top dog, rock hard. Fuck with everybody in your hood, just not y'all basic. Live broadcast from the ER, we are talk of the town without the PR. Savagely attacked us, rap master craftsman. Pack him in, twisted on the floor like a backspin. After him, y'all have to deal with the sun and deck. One of the best that hasn't done it yet. Killer B, chopping up the track like a Dilla B. Professor X couldn't test my ability. I came the motherfucking roof like heavy snow. Act like I told you before. Y'all already know. I wrote this in a GS Flex 95 to get that 90s vibe, my melody. High low fidelity dots, my whole team's having dirty like when Jeopardy starts. I can't call it, unless we call my style diabolic. I'm a writerholic, I drink ink till I vomit. I think till I'm catatonic and sink with a bag of chronic. I'm bringing the mad demonic style. All these rappers wanted, I'm bizarre, but bizarre bars. Caught you like a scimitar, Wichita State, X-Man. I execute you, you a dead man. God willing, I'm a not villain. Getting top villain with my squad chilling. Blood on the tracks like Bob Dylan. Die like a mob killing. We already know the ropes, we be stepping over ropes Andre the Giant looking down at you local folks Okie doke, motorized vocals, yeah, I practice Raised on a tape, the same color as Galactus Savagely attack, savagely attack Or thrown in the back of the truck of sanitation I'm ruthless, my technique is Chinese torture No IVs hanging out of your vein to support you Everybody's talking about how the ghost caught you Have a five-year-old kill your ass for a quarter At Tony Stark's office, there is a new development
I'm an MC Ultra. Most are pathetic. I fill the sky with smoke from the wreckage. Rebel, I cut throats for breakfast. Slippers and robe on. I'm saying it's little to no effort. Been in the trenches. Jarhead to the bar heads. But where they still jumping niggas like they car dead. Marginal spread between me and y'all heads. I wouldn't last this long. That's what y'all said. Surprise, motherfucker. Sam Jackson voice. Dottie Bra, live action, boy. Watch your mouth when you talking and address me, your highness. I'm seen with the flyers, the queens dressing the finest. The clever minded, yet cold blooded assassin. Never personal, cause ain't no love in this rapping. Murderous slang, my boss start rebellions. They birds in the game, gnarl is pelicans. Yeah. How you next? What up? back to volume 79 of the Bodega Board Crew podcast. Hope you've been digging the tracks, the interviews, the spiel, the whole thing. I love those collab tracks they do with people like Method Man and Action Bronson and obviously MF Doom, rest in peace. I think that's the kind of true measure of a lot of modern hip hop is to see how hip hop artists can work with other artists and create something that's unique but still identifiable as the source. So for instance, a lot of these tracks, they do have the spin of the collaborators on them, but they also feel very much like a Zarface song, you know, and a lot of that has to do with 7L and what he's doing and his slant on it. And he's really good at taking these sources and these other MCs and integrating them really well into their music. So hopefully those tracks really show that off. Again, make sure you support them. Go to their website, zarface.com buy their music don't do the spotify thing just actually pay for it buy a t-shirt do that kind of thing because if we support artists they're going to create more art for us to listen to but let's do a little housekeeping this is the bodega border crew podcast make sure to check us out on instagram at bodega border crew make sure to check out our website bodegabordercrew.com again we support we create more art buy t-shirts and make more podcasts and videos and all other kinds of stuff also make sure to check out the full episode description on your itunes player or player choice for track listings and links to things that we're talking about so next up on the show on this jam-packed episode see i I don't do these every two weeks when i do them once a month they wind up being pretty big i sat down with uh peter williams and tyler wilde who are doing the movie called gender outlaw it's a documentary that's premiering in hermosa beach on i believe it's on june 3rd yeah it's on uh, sorry june 4th uh, Saturday, June 4th at the Hermosa Beach Museum. 
And this movie is about Tyler's journey, his story uh, transitioning from female to male and being involved in the body surfing world. So without further ado, here's the interview and I hope you guys enjoy. So I'm here with uh, Peter and Tyler. I want you guys to introduce yourselves. So uh, Peter, go ahead. Yeah, I'm Peter Williams. I'm the executive producer for Crossstep Content and uh, yeah, here to chat about our new film, Gender Outlaw Body Surfing Story. And I'm Tyler Wild. I'm the body surfer of the story. <laughs> uh, and by profession, I'm a teacher. And um, yeah, I'm just stoked to be here. Thank you for having us. Hey, no problem. Um, so um, let's first talk off uh, about a uh, start off. How did you guys meet? So I could probably take the lead on that. Um, you know, I'd seen Tyler in the water a few times, body surfing. Um, there's a couple spots in the South Bay that we will not name. Um, one, there was a pretty big day and I leaned over and said, what's up? And then I think maybe like kind of fast track to about a year ago, um, saw Tyler in the water, uh, reached out. We started following each other on Instagram. And um, before I knew it, uh, there was a competition happening pretty soon uh, in Manhattan Beach, a body surfing competition. And um, Tyler was like, hey, you should do it. Um, so I kind of got talked into it, but it was also coming out a year of COVID and I, I felt like Jim Carrey in the movie, Yes Man, where I'm like, you know what? It's a cool opportunity. I got to go for this. I got to do it, you know? And I went and did it. And I think like Tyler is a very captivating person. Like, and I think from being around him for a few months of body surfing and doing this competition, I realized that there's a really amazing story about Tyler that I wanted to tell, but we'll get into that in a second. And what did you think of this guy when the first time you met him? Total kook. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, Peter, you just seem super genuine. And uh, we were fast friends. And we have a lot of similarities and a love for the water. And it makes it easy when you have something that you love to enjoy to do together. Yeah. And how did you get into body surfing? Like, when did, when did you, like, when did it first become something in your life? Yeah, well, I think, I mean, I grew up surfing um, down in San O and Dana Point, and I moved up to LA and I was broke, so I didn't have a surfboard on me, and fins were the cheapest way I could get in the water. Uh -huh. uh, and then, funny story, I was teaching an ex of mine how to surf and then, like, body surfing to catch waves to go help her, at, like, on the shore. Uh -huh. And then I was like, this is rad. I'm going to keep doing this. Uh -huh. And that was probably. 15 years ago oh, wow. and I haven't stopped body surfing since and I haven't picked up a board really that much unless it's really flat or really fat tied. And who do you, who's the crew that you usually um, body surf with? Yeah, so um, I'm part of the Gillis Beach Body Surfing Association uh -huh. and it's a really amazing group of guys. They formed this club back in 64. Oh wow, so it's been around that long. It's been around for, I think it's one of the longest, or they like to say the world's oldest intact body surfing club. Okay. Um, and they are a bunch of guys that grew up in the South Bay and used to surf Gillis Beach before the marina was built. Um, which picked up South Swells in the summer. Um, it apparently was pretty heavy. Yeah. Uh, but now they moved their home base to Manhattan Beach Pier since okay. Gillis doesn't break that often. No, it's kind of like, I know when I lived here, it was like, it was like, it was kind of mystery. Like it would happen like what, maybe like two, three times. It's like a novelty wave. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I surfed it like maybe once, like I'm going to say like 
five years ago, six yeah. years ago. But back in the day, it used to break a bunch. That was, um, what was that, Toes Beach? Yeah, Toes Beach. Yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, that's like OG status for LA. And these guys are truly the representatives of like the OG beach culture, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, they took me in and they put me through the ringer too, Peter. So it wasn't just you. The way I got <laughs> in is they invited me to the Inter International Surf Fest and the body surfing comp is one of the events during Where that was weekend. This? That's at Manhattan Beach Pier. It happens every year. There's okay. like lifeguarding comps, surfing comps, body surfing comp. Um, uh, six man is part of that. Okay. And so they invited me and they were kind of like, yeah, if you don't win, you're not getting into the club. Oh man, <laughs> this is like rough. Yeah. But uh, I won. So that's, oh, that's. Oh, well, there you go. You got it. There it is. Tyler won I his first in. competition. Yeah. Well, like, then that gets you hooked. OG sure. flex there. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> casual, casual. Yeah. Casual flex. And what is the you know what is the body surfing scene like in let's say like in the South Bay, like like in terms of like is there, are there a lot of people doing it? Do you see new people? Because you said you've been doing it for like fifteen years. Have you seen a lot of people in and out? Like is it like growing? I'm just curious. Yeah, I think in the South Bay it's it's um, a little it's a little different. I mean, there's the regulars, there's yeah. the old guys, mostly us. Um, and then there's like a couple of youthful, mostly lifeguards that come in oh, and cool. play, but I wouldn't say they're necessarily serious yet. They mm -hmm. haven't been bit by the bug yet. Okay. Know? But um, all along California, there's a ton of different body surfing clubs that have been around for a really long time. Mm -hmm. um, Huntington Beach, there's Chubascos in Ventura, there's South Jetty Swells down in San Diego. There's a handful of clubs, including Del Mar, Pine Street. Right. Um, and so it's steadily growing and we have competitions all throughout the summer and into the winter uh, depending on you know the break and, and the time of the year but it's it's a really thriving community yeah I mean it seems like you, you know off off mic we were, we were discussing the fact that Vance did something recently with Bianca Fins and it seems like like I, I I bought a pair of fins like two years ago there in my car and I just kind of like hey if it's like shitty and it's why not just at least get in the water and stuff i've seen this kind of progression where it's like a lot of people are like even if it's not their sole water contact if you will like if they're if they're surfers they tend to do it as well um so it's kind of it's something that i know i didn't know much about and like i've seen it being like highlighted a lot more recently i think it's all part of like alternative surf craft it's like if you're a true water waterman water person water human like yeah. you're gonna try to get stoked any way you can doesn't mean that like waves have to be good or bad to body surf it's like if it's the right condition the right time the right attitude get into it i mean i got into body surfing because i kept on getting injured doing other things other than surfing yeah and when i'd be injured the only thing i could do was swim or body surf and i got really into it and like one of the things that tyler's friend said to me or one of his mentors dave hazard said is like body surfing you spend more time in the barrel than any other form of surfing and so true. once you get that stoke and you see that vision yeah it's like it's magnetic and yeah. you feel pulled to to do that more so yeah, i'm totally with you man i mean i longboard a lot i've also got my like i'm a mid-length guy you yeah. know i'm in my 40s yeah. <laughs> but dad boards I, uh, dad boards but yo i mean uh body surfing is part of my like regiment routine you know it's not an after the fact and being able to go out with these guys and in LA, it just makes me feel like it's part of another community that, yeah, it's a bit untapped, but like, there's a, there's a moment right now that's happening, which is great, and Tyler's a part of it. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, what you were saying about like being in the Barrymore, I mean, it's, it's, it's something that a lot of people, that's why I think a lot of people are getting into that, and like mat surfing, like mat surfing's like, I mean, mat surfing's a little like, I mean, at the end of the day, it's very hipstery, 
It's like, let me find this fucking old mat that I'm going to play. You know, hey, we got some good mat surfer friends, too, so we're not going to throw shit. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> but maybe. Friend, no, no, look, my friends mat surf, too, but I just always make fun of them um, about it. But I think it's, it's kind of interesting to see that this is like, like within surfing, it used to be very much like you either longboard or you shortboard yeah. or you do this. And now it's like if you've noticed in the last like five or ten years, it's kind of been a thing where it's like you're just in the water. Absolutely. You know, you do like one of these things depending on the conditions. You know, and I think that's like what's really cool about it. Now, you guys working on a film together. Mm -hmm. um, how did the idea of you guys doing a film together come about? I'll, I'll jump in on that one. Um, I think like I've worked in the sort of like advertising entertainment side for quite a while. And, and um, you know, you get to a point where projects don't feed your soul as much. And I've, I I. I had this moment of revelation while body surfing with Tyler that like there's something amazing about Tyler's story and I think like as a white guy very privileged in my life like you know there's a lot of uh, point of view I can have but um, you know actions speak louder than words and thinking about how to how to help tell Tyler's story but also bring some action around the cause I mean just for context you know Tyler is is transgender human human being and is into body surfing is into a sport and a group that's predominantly white male especially in the south bay so tyler kind of stands out but in a real positive way and i, I kind of felt a calling to the story that um i could make a difference in in shooting a film and helping tell tyler's story so very pensively one time while body surfing i think at pre 6 a.m in the water like <laughs> I was like, hey, so you think you might be interested in me maybe telling the or story about you get the about pitch where you get like the, like, <laughs> you get like, like the pitch, you're like, oh, great, this shit. And you know what? I got full, like, I call it, I, uh, sorry, I call it like butthole lips. I got the full, like, well, hold on. I got all nervous, like, trying to talk to Tyler about it. But I, I was like, I really wanted to, to, to have a stake in this, you know? And originally, I'm sorry, I got to say, say this too. I was like, Tyler. This is a quick Instagram story. It's a two, three minute thing. We'll shoot one day. It'll be cool. I'll buy it lunch for everybody. We'll call it. Um, not the case. Nine months later, we've shot a lot of days with yeah. a lot of people, and it's great. Oh, I've seen some of the original know. cuts. I was like, oh, this is only going to be a couple of minutes yeah. long. And then Peter B. is like, no, 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 we re edited. Check this out. I'm like, <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> there we go. Amazing. Yeah, and for me, it's, it's just really important to get stories of trans people living their lives and thriving and like being full of joy that's right i think especially lately with everything that's going on politically and all the different uh bills that are coming out of different states like all i see in my feed is negativity and all i see is like just attacks on people like me just for yeah. existing and so i think it's really important just to put out a story that it that you know that makes people stoked that brings joy and I, whether you surf or not or body surf or familiar with the ocean it's still beautiful and yeah. so that for me was really important and so when peter brought that up to me i was like yeah, yeah. and you're gonna buy me lunch and you're gonna <laughs> film me shooting great waves and yeah. like good cool pov stuff like, like all the check <laughs> yeah. what, food is always the way to my heart so i'm like and i'll buy you lunch and maybe a dinner oh, too no, it's like yeah. you know <laughs> exactly uh, I mean, what would it, so when, when you were early on in your transitioning journey, what would a story like this mean to you if you saw something like this? Oh my gosh. I mean, I didn't even come out until, so I'm almost 40 and I didn't come out until my late 30s. Okay. And not because I wasn't trans, it's because I didn't even know that people like me existed. I didn't even know that was an option. Mm -hmm. And so the visibility is so key. 
and we're getting more and more visible, you know, with you know, TV shows, Netflix, movies, and, and the whole lot. But um, I think it's really important to see something small like this, people in different communities, where it's not like a fictional program. Yeah. It's somebody that's just yeah. living their life, and yeah, my transness is a part of who I am, and it's an intrinsic part of my identity and, and how I carry myself. But it's also just one of many things, mm -hmm. you know, like I, I'm a body surfer. And yeah. so there's so many parts of those identities that get intertwined in this film that makes it, um, you know, it makes it stand out upon just sticking to one line of thinking or one line of, of identifying somebody or looking at somebody. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, I mean, we're like now in the current landscape where we're seeing more and more of it. To, to your point, like, yeah, we've had this fictionalization of it, of, of trans LBGTQ issues like in media for like, I mean, it's ramped up, right? But it is, I think, important to see more real-life stories. I mean, I think about like the fact that um, their this company, their skateboards, just got picked up by Deluxe Distribution. They put yeah. out a video, and it's like it's you know they're trans, it's LGBTQ, it's like the whole gamut, and it's like great for kids. Like when I saw the video, the thought in my head was like, I'm a dad, and I'm kind of like, well, listen, listen, if my daughter's going through something like this, that's great that she has some representation where she's like, oh wow, this is like I'm. Like you were saying, like you didn't know there were people like you around, and like it's great to, like for young kids to be like, oh, there are people like me, and like I can talk about it and stuff like that, because I think it's like really, I can only imagine how scary it is, you know, when you don't have that like, when everything in media is kind of being like, no, this is not what it's like, right? You know, kind of thing. and especially in surf culture. I mean, we were talking a little bit about mat surfing, and you know, surf culture originally was alternative. It was yeah. like the people who didn't want to work, didn't go to war, yeah. that were like the low lives that like sacrificed everything to live by the beach. And yeah. that was shined, it was looked down upon. Mm -hmm. If you were a surfer in the 50s and 60s, you were just like a waste, yeah. <laughs> you know? And, and I think surfing has gone through such an evolution where it's, you know, it's been picked up, it's been glamorized, there's, and it's, but you're only seeing one type of surfer, yeah. you know? And so I think it's really important for those people that are trans, are black, are anything outside of mm -hmm. that tip archetypal beautified surfer image to see themselves represented. Mm -hmm. And that goes across any industry. Yeah. Um, so I think this is coming out of the time where surfing's getting more popular, but also we need to, uh, with that, popularize all types of people who surf and love the water because the original people weren't what we visualize now. No, they were the misfits. I mean, that's the thing that yeah. I always find interesting. Like when I go to a place like, like let's say like a Malibu or something like that, like 90% of the people all look the fucking same. And I'm like, do you understand that like you're actually against what surfing originally was? Like just by the fact that you guys are all dressed in the same and in the same haircut and you're all white. Like it's kind of not really like kind of what this thing was about in the first place. Um, so yeah, I think it's, you know, I always think it's important. And I going back to it, you know, like, I just picture my daughter and her friends, and I'm kind of like, yeah. these are the kind of stories I want them to see. Like, my friend is working on a similar dock in skateboarding, um, and I was when he was working on it, and he's a dad too. Daughter, our daughters are best friends, and he was like, you know, that was a driving force for him why yeah. he did it. Like, he was just kind of like, you know, I want to do that, like, to, to set the template. Now, I don't want to, like, obviously give away the plot or anything yeah. like that, because that's, like, why you're, hopefully you're listening to this shit, and yeah. kind of being like, oh, I want to <laughs> find out what this is about, yeah. uh, kind of thing. Um, but what has been the, um, you know, who, who have you guys seen support your, your guys' film? Like, what, like, was there anybody who, like, 
through the process of creating this film, like you were like, oh wow, they're down for this. That's cool. Like, was there any of those kind of moments? Well, I'd say, I mean, you know, I'm part of a, a greater sort of like um, creative community, and I've seen a lot of those people lean in. We've got an amazing um, group at a company called Squeaky Clean that's going to be doing some original composition for the film. We're reaching out to um, a label from a artist named Rory to license a big track. So what's interesting is like, you know, when you have a when you have an idea that that's good, and I say that very humbly, and you share it with your community, you'll get people to lean into that and to support it because people have the, this mutual ambition of, of, of creating something real and like one other note that I would say about it too from a personal standpoint is like as corny as and cliche as it is to say quotes, but like, you know, the sort of idea of uh, you know doing doing something better for the world or be the change you want to see in the world it's like I think for me as a producer but also friends in the creative community and you know we've got a benefactor of this film the Translatina Coalition um, Hermosa Beach Museum really has gotten behind this we've got a lot of people that have seen have seen it and they they've said yeah we want to be a part of this you know what I mean and I think to Tyler's point it's to share a story about like trans joy but also like to the root of it, it's a surfing story. It's a story about yeah. body surfing. It's a story about being in the ocean and finding your tribe and like trying to, it's not like deflecting all the haters and stuff, but also just like recognizing that like body surfing is, is a core part of like the community, the ocean community. And the ocean community is diverse. It's not all white people. It's, it's, it's black, brown, you know, uh, gay, straight, you know, like there's, it's, it's very expansive and we're very fortunate to live in a community like Los Angeles that's a bit of a melting pot, you know, to, to, to be a part of that. But to answer the core of your question, yeah, like we've, we've seen a lot of those people get behind it. But also today is launch day. So when you hear this, it's going to come out in a couple of weeks. But today is launch day and there's a lot of great stuff coming out around like PR for the film. So more to come on that. Yeah. With the support, there's also, you know, the thing that you guys are setting yourself up is obviously for, like, criticism and stuff like yeah. that. And that's, is that something that, like, you just don't give a shit about? Is that something that you're conscious of, you know? I'd say as we've gotten up closer to launch, I've realized that there's two sides of the conversation. But yeah. to be honest, like, by following Tyler, I've been a part of that conversation. I've seen that dialogue. And to be honest, I think, like, it's a healthy conversation. If someone comes in to try to ambush stuff, there's always haters and there's always a way to block people too, you know? But if someone wants to have a real conversation about it, let's have a real conversation. What I've told Tyler before is like, I see Tyler almost as a brother to me. We share more in common than we do in different, even in the way we look and we talk and the music we listen to, everything else. Yeah. So my point is like, try to share the story about Tyler so other people, especially the rigid people in the surf community, even people I'm friends with can see this and see that oh wow you know this person's more like me than different you know what i mean yeah. like and and have that so i've said like if someone's not even willing to have that conversation they're an asshole you know what i mean like <laughs> so they're not I even the they're not I, they don't even have that moment you know no, the reason i bring it up is that like if you look at the last issue of surfer magazine that came out right it was all about inclusion and diversity like the the the, the basically the backlash that happened to that was pretty intense yeah but like for me, it was a good thing. Like when I see that kind of backlash, like me personally, I'm like, oh, I just turned on the lights and all the roaches are still up. Dude, same thing. Like happened I know, with, yeah. I know who's who now, right? Same like, thing happened with Tyler Wright when she put Black Lives Matter on her yeah. board. I mean, there's other, there's things that happen in that, and you know, all around. Tyler, what do you think? That's my daily life. I mean, I walk around. That's why, yeah, I want to. I walk around, and I don't know 
you know, if I meet someone and they see me or pick something out in me that seems off or different, like I'm ready for a backlash all the time. Yeah. That's part of being queer. It's part of being trans. It's part of being in a marginalized group. Yeah. So for me, this is, it is like you were saying, like shining the light and seeing where all the cockroaches are, right? Yeah. Like I already know, <laughs> yeah, I already know that they're there, but this is not anything that's out of the ordinary for me. No, they were, so, they were really good about hiding underneath the fridges. I'd rather that's know. That's how I look at it. I'm, no, and I'm the same way. Like, they were really good about hiding underneath the fridges. And, like, like things like I'm hoping that films like yours yeah. and, like, things that happen with Surfer Magazine, like, I, for me, it gets me really excited because, one, I think I love seeing stories of, of, of people that need to be represented like yourself and, and hopefully that inspires people. And I think that's really good. But, two, it's also, like, it's almost like spring cleaning to me. Right. Like when something like this goes on Instagram, I'm like, let me look at the comments. Right. Oh, you? Yeah, we're never going to do anything with you. Oh, you? Yeah. We're. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's been a lot of people that, for instance, like commented on that surfer mm -hmm. post, that first one that came out that I, I will never fucking interview. Yeah. Like, I'm like, okay, you got on the no list. <laughs> like, sorry, I'm not going to support well, you. Well, here's the vibe, yeah. you know, uh, and I'll say this, I'll put myself out there. I respect their opinion, but I, I, I discount it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I've got a sandbox and, you know. I, I like having differences of opinions, though. You know what I mean? I like having that conversation. I think there are going to be people at the premiere, too, that might not even realize it's a story about someone who's transgender also but in, that in a I body think is better. Context. But I think that's totally. better. Like, that's yeah. better. Totally. Like, like, it's almost like, you know, if you want to get someone to... It's like when you, you give a dog food, right? I mean, give a dog medicine. Like, you don't put the pill in front of them. Mm -hmm. You hide that shit fucking in some random soft food, and, like, they don't even know they fucking ate it. And they're like, oh, my God, I'm not sick anymore. I think that's, what's, that's like, a good thing when you have, like, someone who might come to this film and be like, oh, this is a cool body surfer film. I'm a body surfer. Mm -hmm. And didn't know about trans issues or any of this kind of stuff. And then all of a sudden they go away from it. They're like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Like, and this is something I didn't know about. I almost think it's, for me, if I was creating your piece of, of, of film, like, I almost like get off on that more. Totally. Yeah. You know? I think one other thing to throw out there too is like when I first met Tyler and then I got a chance to surf with the uh, Gills Beach body surfing crew. I look at those guys. They're older white guys. When I look at them at the beach, I grew up at the beach. I was I was born in PV. I was raised in South Bay. Like spent time in Texas too. We came back. Like I see guys like that. I have the most reverence for them because they are true OGs. A lot of those guys are old school lifeguards. You know, yeah. watermen. I mean, they've been in the water for for 50 years. When, to see that they've, like, Tyler's been a part of that, even pre-transition was a part of that as a female um, organization. Like, those people in my mind are the most rigid of society yeah. because they grew up through the 50s, the 60s, the 70s in a really complex time in which, like, issues like this were really siloed and really put in a box, like, under a bed with all the cockroaches, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, and some of those guys, like, I think their, their minds, their hearts, have been open because Tyler's been a part of, of, of their life in body surfing. And I honestly, I saw that and was so inspired by that that I'm like, this is the message that I want to shout from the rooftops. Like, you know, these guys like Dave Hazard and, and, and John Sherwood's like, you know, they're in their seventies. If they can have an open mind, open heart, everyone else should too, you know? Yeah. If you could teach the oldest of the oldest dogs, new tricks. Yeah. How hard is it to teach a And puppy? Tyler's not a hard person. Let, let's be honest. <laughs> Tyler's not a fucking hard person at all to get along no, with. No, no, Tyler no, is no. an amazing, amazing human being. And you park all the trans stuff aside, amazing body surfer too, you know? Yeah. 
And I think that's what you need to acknowledge Tyler for is being a great a great person. And so like that's what we're trying to package. The complexity of the film is the balancing of, you know, being in this profession as a high school coach, you know, um, being a body surfer. Like there's yeah. a lot of lot of lot of sides of that. And really, just to pull away from the specifics of this question, if you're thinking if there's going to be haters on this film. There's no way that you are going to get in a debate to me on whether or not I exist, that right. I'm real, and that I belong doing the things that I want to be doing, yeah. right? Like, there's no way you can there's try to no, talk your way. There's not even an opening. There's that. no opening there. There is no debate. So yeah. your opinion is your opinion. Yeah. And, like, I mean, Peter, you said you respect all opinions, but, like, I don't accept bullshit, yeah. you know? Like, you can't that. tell me that I don't exist and that I don't belong in the water or belong surfing. So yeah. there's nothing that they're going to say yeah. or any haters going to say that I'll even give the remote, like the iota of credit. Or I hear that. Which is good. Yeah. I, I hear mean, that. I mean, there's, it's definitely like a complex thing. You know, it's definitely like, like towing that balance. Like you always hope that you can inspire some people to change. Yeah. Whatever it be, you know, in, in any state. But, you know, at some point there's people who are like unchangeable. And at that point, like, that's I right. agree with you, like my energy's lost. Like I'm kind of yeah. like, I, that's how I evaluate a lot of relationships a lot of times. Like I'm kind of like, you know what? I know this is not going to go past this level. So like, let's just keep it at That's what level. I'm talking about, dude. Yeah. You know, if some relationships will be more transactional and some, some will not even exist, you know? Yeah. And, you know, you choose, especially at the point of life where I'm at, you choose the community that you want to be a part of you know yeah and that's what queer people do every day yeah yeah and we have to shape our entire lives and relationships with people based yeah. off of choosing who's safe to be around who cares for you who's yeah. genuine which is like kind of shitty like for me it's like it's always like a thing that like like i look at it like because i have i have people who are queer in my family and stuff like that and i always think about like like for instance i have an uncle who like you know uh you know is about 70 years old now but like you know had the whole straight life and two kids and that kind of thing and was like gay the whole time and then had to come out later in life and I'm like fucking sucks like I'm always like I always look at his story and I'm like yeah. fucking miserable kind of thing I mean now he's happy as can be yeah. um, but to that extent like what is like the one message that both of you want someone to walk away from this film like if they don't know anything about body surfing or about trans issues or any of that stuff like they come in and they see this what what is the message you want them to walk away with? I'm going to go first, then I'll throw it to Tyler really quick. But my main thing is that the ocean is a place of inclusivity. And it's a place of adversity. But if, like, for example, and you know this, but my son has autism. Like, I, I would want him to see the ocean and know that there is a group or a place that he can be accepted there. So I think the core of the whole film is recognizing that that is a place where it doesn't matter race, creed, or color you're welcome there, there's another person there. Sometimes it's a little hard to find, but you can find that person there, you know? And I think all the other layers around this are just color in terms of who Tyler is, where he was raised, everything else. But, you know, it's a package around that, but it really points back to making sure that people understand that that, that door is open. I think the biggest takeaway is that someone could see this and be like, you know what? I've never surfed before, I've never body surfed before, but you know what? I'm gonna go there, you know. I'm not gonna be afraid of that. You know what I mean? The ocean's a different thing, but yeah. I'm not gonna be afraid of the people in the ocean. No, you know no, what I mean? That's an important thing. Yeah, you need to see that, and for for yourself, Tyler. Yeah, I think the film and body surfing in general is kind of like uh, the pancake that's the medium for all the syrup. Yeah. And for me, the syrup is the message is one. 
I want people to see that being your most authentic self and showing up in a way that uh, that you're proud of yourself and who you are, it's it's through that that you're going to be making like your most important, fulfilling, loving connections. And yeah. we're all wired for connections. And beyond that, I think the most important thing to for me and the message that I want to impart is that everybody, no matter what you look like, who you are, where you come from, all of your identities, everybody just for existing is valid, is beautiful, right. is worthy of love, right. and is worthy of acceptance and inclusion. So for me, the body surfing, like you were saying, it's beautiful and it's a, it's a nice wrapping, but the overall message is if you're alive and you're a breathing human, you deserve love, you deserve all the things that are those inalienable rights mm -hmm. just to be happy, to see sunrises, to whatever it is that you want to do. That to me is the important message. I mean, it's a good one. Um, who are some of the people that you guys are have partnered for this film? Um, well, like I mentioned, Hermosa Beach Museum and Hermosa Beach uh, Historical Society, I reached out to them. Uh, we're co-hosting the event on June 4th. Um, check out our, our IG, uh, The Gender Outlaw, um, or Gender Outlaw on Instagram and The Gender Outlaw on Twitter. Um, but they've been great uh, in terms of supporting the event. Um, King Harbor Brewery is also going to be helping out with some drinks for the event as well. Um, and there's a lot of people in the sort of periphery in terms of, uh, you know, helping support making the premiere happen, but also some post-production support uh, uh, in the film as well. Just big shout out to Gabriel Vargas, our DP, who I've been working with or slaving over this relationship with for about seven, eight, nine months now, picking up all the shoots and stuff too. So, uh, but more to come. Like I said, I mean, today's launch day, we're putting out a big PR release around it too. So expecting to get some more support as we get into the, the next month, yeah. Cool. And for me, the, the biggest, uh, or the people that we're benefacting right. is the, the Trans-Latina Coalition. Yeah. And um, when we think about like the intersections of all these different identities, the Trans-Latina Coalition is a grassroots organization that is built on the literal blood, sweat, and tears of um, refugee trans women of color. So people that have fled their countries looking for not just a better life, but just to be alive. Uh, for safety and they've come here with nothing and they've created a community that not only supports one another but helps them integrate into our society and they don't get much help and so when we can raise the awareness and support for those people that have the least amount of rights mm -hmm. then everybody wins yeah. everybody gets lifted up from that and they're do they're doing the work here in LA and it's so incredibly important so I'm just happy that I can support using you know, my avenues and my privilege in this film to, to help the people that really need it and are doing the work that happens without us even noticing. Right. That's right. So let's do the breakdown of when, when and where can people see this? Yeah. So the first premiere is? Saturday, June 4th at the Hermosa Beach Museum. Okay, and then after that? Uh, TBD on some follow-up premieres that we're scheduling the background. Don't want to release that info yet, but we will be doing a virtual premiere as well for those uh, people who can't make it to LA area. Okay. Um, and that should be coming out, I'd say probably a couple weeks after the first premiere. Okay. Um, 
We're trying to, to again, raise money for Translatina Coalition, so we're going to have a suggested donation for the actual event, and then oh, for the cool. virtual premiere, we're going to have a, also a donation probably through Vimeo as well, uh -huh. uh, but 100% of those proceeds are going to be going to Translatina Coalition, and um, as you know, because you're a part of it, the yeah. Vega Border Crew is going to be helping us out with a little capsule for the event, but uh, I'll let you yeah, so, <laughs> talk about yeah, that. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that. <laughs> Got to get shit made. I know. Um, who do you have DJing the event? Uh, still sorting that out right now. Um, potentially a friend named DJ Mike C, but we're hol we're holding for, for, for a beat. There's a couple layers to actually pulling off an event, and to be honest, and I shouldn't disclose this, but we are literally still finishing the film while we're <laughs> announcing the film. So I've uh, we got to split our time. Dude, and have resource. you ever seen how like skate videos are done? Yeah. They fucking bring the hard drive like two minutes before the fucking premiere. Like they just like they were editing it. Don't oh, feel bad. Oh, that's I mean, it. That's that's I mean, it. That's it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> I mean, that's like the the reality of filmmaking. Oh, I know. I mean, we're we're gonna be pulling in the parking spot uh, with the handbrake going sixty miles an hour. Or so, but we're getting there though. So I'm, I don't I'm, know if you ever heard about. Mm. I think it was like a zero premiere. Mm. That basically like they didn't finish the movie. Yeah. <laughs> They like basically had the premiere party. They rented out like La Paloma. Yeah. And it wasn't done. Yeah. Wow. And they had to send anyone, everyone home. Wow. Yeah. Well, like, that's was, not happening no, here. That's yeah, it's not, not gonna happen. <laughs> Just so you know, this is not unheard of. Like they, yeah. they basically the computer crashed and couldn't render out the movie. Yeah. So it's like well, we shot all the film. We've edited ninety percent of the film. We're just laying over the final edit, color and music with the composer and stuff too. So getting that package, but there's gonna be a lot of really great stuff on social uh, to check out as well. Yeah. Well, I'm excited. I hope everyone else is excited. Like I said, I think you know pieces of film like this are really important, and not just in our water culture, but I think in culture in general, like I was saying, you know, I think about my kid and I want my kid to see stuff like this. Like, I think it's really important, especially when it's not fictionalized. Yeah. And I think that's like really good. So um, thanks for sitting down. Yeah. Um, Thank I, you for having us. Yeah, I can't wait to see the film. And uh, thanks for letting me be a part of this. Again, quick shout out, um, Instagram, Gender Outlaw Film, and Twitter, The Gender Outlaw. Check it out, give us a follow, lots of stuff coming up. Definitely appreciate you, Alex. Thank you so much. Yeah, Thank, Thank you. you. Cheers. I have to honestly thank Peter and Tyler for allowing me to be part of this project and for helping them out with everything. I think representation in all walks of life are very important. Me having a kid, I really want my child to be able to see other people doing things that they aspire to do. And whether that be straight, gay, male, female, trans, whatever it is, you know, I think it's really important that people are empowered and see other people doing things. It's another reason why it's really good for people of color to get spotlighted when they're surfing and trans people to get spotlighted when they're surfing because there's so many people out there who feel trapped and don't think they can do things because society's telling them like, well, you're this, so you can't do that. Well, you're this, you can't do that. And then they just feel like they're in some kind of like little box that they can't get out of and it becomes really debilitating and it's horrible and the trauma of that is just really bad so i hope everyone is a little bit more open-minded out there i know recently there was an instagram post that the staff put up and they knew what they were doing let's be honest you know they were going for clicks about a trans person who won a women's longboarding contest and it drew a lot of polarity on both sides of the fence you know you had a lot of people a lot of pro surfers like the bethany hamilton's of the world that were saying some stuff which honestly were really questionable to for any human being to say and you had stuff that was you know hyper liberal on the other side that might have skewed it the other way 
I think when it comes to trans issues, the best thing we can all do is try to hear people's stories. And that's what Gender Outlaw does. It's telling a story. Listen to the story and then make up your opinion before you just make up an opinion. That's all I'm saying. And from there, just treat people as humans. We're all human beings at the end of the day, and we could figure out some way for everything to work if we just get out of our own egos. So make sure to go uh, to check them out at Gender Outlaw on Instagram. Also, make sure to uh, attend the premiere on June 4th if you're around. Hermosa, Saturday, it'll be fun. Uh, I believe DJ Mike C is going to be spinning, who's from our Vans Channel 66 show. So it should be a good time. But anyway, enough of that. I want to get back to the tracks. Uh, the next group of tracks is just a mix of stuff that I like from Zarface, random stuff. Nothing too thematic. Again, Zarface, SO, Spectre Deck, 7L, the whole crew. Hope you guys enjoy, and I'll check in with you guys in a little bit with some short takes. Peace. Excellent. Hey yo, excellent. Stop playing, it's my turn to smoke. Heavy dose of that murder I wrote. Don't let it burn your throat. I ain't from the same cloth, they be turning coats. I'm hood good, here to shot town of Sherman Oaks. Ain't nothing worse than true lies, but new lies. I'm too wise, they be acting like they shoe size. Stormy days make you pray to see them blue skies. I'm from the fire right next to where the jewel lies. Scrutinize if you must, it's all we trust. Who hard is us, boy? We hit you with the karma touch. Tough as an armored truck, fresh like a barber cut. In other words, simply marvelous. Check this file. I check, 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 check this file. Check this file. I check, 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 check this file. Your flow did it two retros ago. Sure is. You were supposed to beat me two death blows ago. We can go, we can go, toe to toe. We can go, toe to toe. Excellent. He is back when you thought I might have bellowed. Grab the mic and rap, you fuck you, don't get our yellow. Check this file. Mine is the nine, so the brain will shoot you. When I write, it's like Stephen Strange looking in the future. This is Shorty, y'all. You got a corgi on. I'm sipping 40s and Rick and Morty's on. Slow serving got me on the verge of murder. So catch me at your mom's house with a Tom Segura. Pizza Aura, Sarkany Azora. CC Tug of Fuller, stands on Grand Fedora. I'm dangerous like churches and storefronts. His favorite rappers getting killed when they want more guns. Serious. Your flow dated two retros ago. You were supposed to beat me two death blows ago. We can go, we can go, toe to toe. We can go, toe to toe. When the twin powers activate, form of fire, everlasting flame. Street player like Chicago, Mac the game. The response is your highness when they ask his name. Obviously, he can control the molecular arrangement of his body. Yeah, but the odds are against him. Uh-huh. I live stream your team on the widescreen as I beat him clean, despite being obscene like a pipe dreaming crackhead's hygiene. Rhymes eat your soul, put you in a sleeper hole. Good night, Irene, like Adrian Adonis. I'm crazier than Xavier on the Sonics. You move the crowd, I hit stadiums with comments and make the haters vomit as I read a cable comic. This is food for thought, better put a label on it. This is what happens when the shit is fresh, you know what I mean? like wild court they out there farm raised you know what i mean sharing a house with the next wildling Carnival Row out here, man. Starface a été aperçu sur notre radar. 
parents au-dessus des nuages. When the ribs touching, you can get your crib rusted. The kid frontin' like he did something. Wig crushing, the gleam got the pigs lusting. You a bozo, clown, this ain't a kid function. I'm big lunching, your lips bumping. So deadly with the crab, got me ducking. The witch hunting, my fit stunting. Your chicks in the whip crushing. They fist pumping, they been loving. Your big cousin is natural element. Rational, irrelevant. What he lacked in sentiment was stashed in the tenement. It sounds brash, so eminent you can hear death. Alas, cheap cologne, cold swine, beer breath. New and near fresh, laugh, stay yes. yes. Severe test pass. Next corner, veer left. Mass toll. New York City mad cold. Whooping like your man stole. Scrapped in a manhole. Damn, yo. Yeah, used to go Rambo. Now I don't start a fight. Freezing is Arbonite, Mando. Even when the man's low, commando. Space night that'll write Bill Manlow. Anthro, typology of Curly Lambo. Y'all use keys, I use a pen to make a panko. Your new low, selling $50 features. My new low, white and blue to match my sneakers. Yeah. I get loose, swear on my name like Shih Tzu's. Flip truth like Cliff Booth when he whipped Bruce. Surface, here, on the computer. Super
way past the lunacy. I had to Shazam to anthem, it was new to me. Lunacy, puny humans trying to heckle. I got the filter of Bill Burr, I'm a level, level up. Pour some wine and import it to my face. You dumb like skinny jeans on a 42 inch waist out. Wow, like a tangent from Mannequin's grandson. I call the shots like I'm shooting with a Stan Van gun. Trailblazing, hair raising like a man bun. I'm so psycho with mics, you so cycling tights. Heels, turn on a legend like accurate keys. Gap factories, I'm catching casualties. Time, bro. Wait, what? Nah, I like this thing. Pop a shit of that satiric, that's a life mistake. I'm a Mike Federer, hit like BJ Penn. Your future looking bleak like you're trying to be Jay's friend. You put the S in wordplay, you get swordplay. So you know the stabbing tracks is my forte. Welcome back to the Bodega Border Crew Podcast, Volume 79. Hope you've been enjoying the tracks, the interviews, people that we bring to this. All the stuff, the spiel, me talking. I know this is a long episode. Again, if I do this once a month, they're going to be kind of long. Uh, so hopefully you've uh, you've sat back and enjoyed this. Hopefully you're not listening to this whole thing in line somewhere. I mean, the Santa line has not gotten that long. If you've started to listen to this when you first got online and you're still not through the tower, I mean... I would just turn around and leave because it hasn't been that good. But anyway, let's do a little housekeeping. This is the Bodega Border Crew podcast. Make sure to check us out on Instagram at Bodega Border Crew. Make sure to check out our website, bodegabordercrew.com, where we have merch, we have stuff, blog entries, a bunch of other things. Um, But it's a great way to support us if you buy some stuff. Also, make sure to check out this episode description on your iTunes player or player of choice for track listings and links to things that we're talking about. So this episode, we have a couple of short takes. The first one is this video that the inertia did with JJ Wessels. JJ is an amazing surfer, really interesting person. Uh, I've learned a lot from not just watching him, but talking to him about surfing and other things. I think what he does with his artwork and his design is really cool and his whole vibe and him and Natalie and Ryder and probably one of the most welcome sites to come to San O is to see them. It always makes me happy to hang out with them and surf with them. But I think this little piece is really interesting because he talks about being a contractor, which is a great way to say what he does. And, and a lot of times I do a lot of creative on the side and um, that's what puts food on the table. And I think his way of explaining what he does and how it intersects with surfing is really interesting. So make sure to check out the video. Good on Inertia for putting this out. There's a link to it in our episode description. The next short take is a video that Ghetto Zoom put out. It features Max Beard. And Max is a surfer down at Sano. That's primarily where he serves, church sometimes. And he's one of the best longboarders I've seen at Sano, to be honest. He has a very similar approach to Alex surfing. Big turns, really interesting uh, maneuvers, amazing nose rides in the pocket. Someone who I think deserves more attention. Also, he's just like a really chill dude. Like one of the nicest and welcomest people in the whole Sano scene. I enjoy surfing with him. I actually surfed with him yesterday. Hadn't seen him in a while. Big smiles, always having fun, cheering for other people. 
check out this video to see one of the best longboarders there is out there. Uh, the link is in our episode description. I think you guys are going to enjoy it. The last short take we have this episode is a clip that our homies from The Current put out, episode 54, called Bradford. Bradford's riding this Gato Haroi that's this, like, I think 8.6 size? I always think boards that size are kind of goofy. Like, they're not, neither long boards or mid-lengths, and they look kind of weird when people ride them. But he's one person that really shows what you could do with a board like that. A lot of times, like I said, they just look goofy. Bradford just rips it at Malibu. And normally I wouldn't post up a clip like this because again, I don't dig this kind of board selection, but I think it's a really interesting example of how someone who's a really good surfer can take a board like that and really put it through the ringer and do lots of cool stuff with it. So we have a link to that video. Again, thanks for Current for putting out amazing content. Always support independent filmmakers like him. Uh, that are finding these people that nobody knows about and uh, putting a little shine on them. But that's it for this episode. Episode 79 is in the books. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Uh, what I'm doing in this episode is I have a bunch of links that pertain to trans resources, that pertain to voting resources, uh, guns rights, a lot of stuff that's going on. As everybody knows, this podcast I do is a direct representation of me and my feelings and what I believe in and I'm a dad I'm someone who believes that we can change the system if we want to instead of just screaming about it I think if we could all just sit down and talk about things and be educated about stuff and do the research and not the random wormhole black hole research that people do on Infowars but real research academic and think about what we're voting on and how we want our future to be, I think we could change a lot of things. I'm really frustrated living where I live now because I see a lot of kids who are just repeating what their parents are telling them. And I find it really ironic when you have surfers who are putting black flag slogans and images on their board and meanwhile they're saying, let's go Brandon. That just shows a clear stupidity and not understanding of what they're actually talking about and just repeating what their parents are saying. I get it, you live in your parents' home or they might be paying your bills, but you are a human being, you're over 18 years old, you can make a choice, you can make a vote, you can make a difference. Don't go out there and thinking that a vote doesn't matter because we have a lot of local elections that have direct impact of things that we encounter every day. School boards, budgets, land development, all that stuff. So wherever you are, wherever you're listening to this, please, these midterm elections are really important. I'm not telling you which way to vote. I'm just saying go out there and vote. So I put some voting resources there. Do the work. If you have any questions, you can always direct message me. I have no problem talking about this stuff. But hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Hope you guys enjoyed Bodega Border Crew. And remember our uh, famous words, don't go out there and bust a craze on a wave. Have a good time. Smile. Do good things. Be friendly. And we'll see you out there. Peace. Yeah, this one sounds crispy. Tin Hut. Officer on deck. Yeah. Bomber getting hard head descendants. Jaw head the trenches. Scar heads relentless. You came with bombers, locksmiths, and fools. Saw wish I had your So strong, I catch hate from wizards and warlocks. Boom back.
bodies like a human trafficker. What I'm stomping to, harder than an inmate on a conjugal. Launching you with rocket fuel, live at the barbecue. Rebel Lion, that's provide a spark for you. And I ain't even digging to my arsenal. Don't take it personal. You know the biz and you know this is thought. So much force, I'm like Yoda's twin. Fire, I'll break a sweat in the coldest wind. I'm bad news, they gon' notify your closest kin. Footsteps adapt to your environment, jungle. All you suckers with the rap jargon. Type of rap you find on the rack at a bargain. Type of crap probably get you smacked off the margin. Willis Reed, 72, licks at the garden. New York, this ain't no new talk, true talk. TMZ and fake beef is the new pork. Filthy, regurgitate, tape them up, lay them down, increase the murder rate. Nah, 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 not that dude. I heard he's straight. Whack rappers get spit on through the pearly gates. Final straw, asking what they rhyming for. Death waits right behind the door like a dinosaur on a line of roar. Trying to find a cure. It was a shit show from the get go. Words a big thick low, they tiptoe. Minions round a giant with the sick flow. No, no, I wouldn't provoke them. They call them kind of a regular ways. Fucking, I'm spoken a trial. By combat, let's do their paces. Cesspool of races, dead pool their faces. Death doom and shameless. Wreck rooms and stages. You gamble with your health. Med schools of Vegas. I miss that old shit. Rappers used to be stupid, death. Now they just stupid and deaf. I stay around bread like twisty ties. Superhero lead an extra fly. My mind scattered, but the bars rule. So many voices in my head that every ride's a carpool.
My son is acting like he ain't himself. He's making neighbors' brains melt and hanging them with chains and belts. We found him in the woods. We thought we raised him well, but he was a villain, maiming and killing by the age of 12. Levitating like he was demonstrating a sacred spell. If I ain't seen the spaceship crash, that's where we came from hell. hell, hell. Super strength, but Kalel never rang a bell. I was feeling safe. Well, until he said safe and well, horrific, bleak. Nihilistic freak, unrealistic, be realistic. This kid is a creep, gifted and unique. Yes, the mask is popping, blanket as a cape, there's no escape. I hope for stopping. And as far as human life's concerned, it's strange you might learn. His eyes turn to fire, leave you with the pipe burn, pipe burn, pipe burn. is hero and stop me if you've heard this one every hero needs a villain 